and welcome to Chris Critter Brews. This is the podcast where we do a review while drinking a cold brew. I'm Dave. I'm Matt. And I'm John. And we have another exciting episode lined up for you tonight. After hearing all the, the fans tuning in and giving us their feedback, we finally decided that right now is the perfect time to do The Office. Yeah, baby! That's what I've been waiting for! We, ever since... Me and Dave started this thing. We have been obviously saying, I feel like an, an entire episode on The Office would be a good idea. We're finally doing it. So we're kind of excited to talk about this tonight. Yeah. So the people in Ireland can stop DMing me. We are finally doing it. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to this. You know, the idea of doing The Office kind of started out with you and I just texting each other back and forth about it. And you made a pretty bold statement saying that I wasn't a true Office fan. <laughs> because you watched it on TV live when yeah. it was airing, mm-hmm. and I watched it on Netflix when it was all there. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. Yeah, and I think, you know, in recent years, The Office has kind of got this new fan base of people that watched it on Netflix, you know. Um, it's actually on Peacock now. It's not on Netflix anymore. But, you know, a lot of these people who didn't really watch it when it was on TV and just binged it all the way through, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I won't say I watched it from the beginning. I watched it end of season two, and then from then on, I watched it every week. So I think it followed My Name is Earl. So I'd watch My Name is Earl. That I watched from the beginning, but I watched My Name is Earl, and then you watch The Office afterward. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this. I think we got a lot to talk about with this show and all nine seasons. And just talk about how it evolved as a show, you know, it it had a big fan base when it was on NBC live. Mm. I think it gained even bigger on Netflix when it all came. I think more people discovered it than like more of an, I think there was a broader audience of people that were watching it Mm -hmm. on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even you, John, you you started it on Netflix too, right, John? Yeah. I watched it on Netflix uh, probably like a year after it ended around that summer was when I, Mm-hmm. started watching my friend sean got really into it um and he kind of got but i always knew that you watched it Matt. yeah but, uh, yeah my I mean, friend sean had... started watching it and that's yeah. what kind of got me in like, we had the dvds like that's you know <laughs> yeah. yeah episodes recorded on tape i know the the one where the cold opens the parkour like i know for mm-hmm. a fact that episode's like on a tape somewhere and <laughs> it's on tape somewhere yeah. yeah yeah you recorded it i think Wow, yeah, it was tape, a funny show. Did you tape over John's sixth birthday or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> for the park. Probably like a <laughs> probably like a Disney movie or something. It was yeah. like a Care Bears movie or something like that. Yeah, I think maybe All Dogs Go to Heaven. What an odd thing to say. <laughs> no, probably in all honesty, it was probably taped over some lost episodes. To be honest <laughs> with you, <laughs> I have quite a many a few like tapes that were mm-hmm. had lost episodes on it before yeah. DVR became a thing. A lot of family memories got a race because of the darn because initiative. Of <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Um, how's everyone's week though? What's, what's going on with everyone? I'm, you know, after this week with our big foot of snowstorm that we just got, I officially declared that I hate the snow. Mm-hmm. I hate everything about it. Yeah. I don't yeah. like it one bit. What was, what was the shoveling situation for you, Dave? Uh, non-existent because I live in a townhome where the HOA is, and I say this very strongly, supposed to do it. Yeah. Did you, you have to get out there and shovel it all or no? 
No, I wasn't looking at the finger because that well, we, we yeah we pay the HOA to do it and they didn't do a thing. I guess what I was thinking more is like your car. Oh, I just did that. Did that today? Yeah, you just did that. Okay, yeah. I went out to I went out to buy lottery tickets. Oh, and guess what, guys? What's up? A little post credit chew for you. <laughs> I had Waba now has burgers and fries. You're serious, aren't you? Okay, yeah. I I saw you snap that earlier. Was it good? delicious thank you chef the temperature's perfect and the roll is crispy the burger was awesome it was really good and and it's just like if you want to like make your own like combo of a sandwich you can put anything you want on the burger which is really cool okay the fries i will never get again they were awful the fries weren't good yeah, yeah. i in comparison i think i thought of it as someone got a bunch of bags of those uh frozen curly fries from walmart Mm-hmm. Stretched them out into straight lines, froze them, and then re-fried them. That's disgusting. Very specific. It tasted <laughs> awful. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. I know Wawa's like weird with like even like usually what I'll do is like the grab and go like mozzarella sticks or like jalapeno bites that you can grab right at the counter. Oh, those are um, good. Yeah. But it's like they're not like it's almost like they air fry them, you know, which is still good. But I, I guess it sounds like the fries weren't too good though. No. Yeah, I like uh, I like what you said the the little where they get the sizzlies at like the little you can get yeah. like the buffalo bites or the chicken bites they're good but I, mm-hmm. I if you if you're going like two in the morning after a night out of drinking like mm-hmm. they're just sitting under that under that heat all day you don't know how long they've been sitting there yeah yeah burgers though that's a that's interesting I'd be you know from what you're saying yeah night after like drinking just going in there getting a burger it was decent size too yeah I would have thought they already had burgers yeah. I was seeing Wawa's like coming up with these like drive, like strictly like drive through. Um, there's a couple of them I know where it's like you, literally you don't even walk in. You just go through the drive through, tell them what you want and you get it. So I am skeptical how that's going to work because I have waited quite a many of times like standing in front of like the, mm-hmm. the, the hot food section with like my ticket for a good like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Especially like again, like if you're going out after a night at the bar. Yeah, you're like one of like it's like you and the one person that's working night shift there. <laughs> you're waiting for a good twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like if it's drive through, it's gonna have to be dedicated to just. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have to be fast. So that's, yeah, the last couple of times I've gotten Wawa, I've waited pretty long. I feel like they would need to have like it couldn't be like a twenty four seven thing. I feel like they would need to have like set hours, you know. But no, so yeah. many people order stuff through their phone now too. I've never yeah. ordered food on an app or anything like that, but that's what everyone seems to do now. Yeah. The one that I went to today, all the parking spots around it all had a number on, like, the white, I guess, post that's in front of the parking spot. And it mm-hmm. says you type in your number on the mobile app and it'll be, you could be do curbside pickup now. Hmm. It's interesting. Okay. I think, I think everyone's doing curbside now just because of the, the whole yeah. pandemic thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, would you guys be cool if we just scratched the office ID and just talk about Wawa this episode? I mean... I would not be against it. <laughs> we Wawa could. I'm, I'm sure we'd find. Do you guys like Wawa better or Sheets? Oof. I do like Sheets. You know what? It, it depends on what you want. Like, I think you have to say Wawa if you're from this area. But yeah. I'm talking Sheets has like just all the fried options, which are yeah, just they have good. a wide variety. Yeah, I like Rural Farms too. Yeah, she- Sheets yeah, is good. Really 
What it, what's Sheets, gross? Sheets' hoagies are really gross. Sheets' hoagies. They make it freaking like Lunchables, like lunch meat. It's, oh, really? Scott, yeah. Wawa's <laughs> definitely better for, for hoagies. Yeah. Because there was kind of a Sheets up near your school, right, John? Yeah. I mean, again, it's good for fried food. Never would go there. And they would have, they had beer too. Like they're a distributor in that way. I mean, that's probably cool. not too far out from Wawa being in that case. Yeah. Yeah. I think the closest Wawa was like, 20 25 minutes away so mm-hmm. unless you okay. really wanted it it wasn't worth going there wasn't yeah That's yeah royal farms i was gonna say you gotta be careful with that though i yeah. i got that one time i got pretty sick so uh, is that was that regruber fest no 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 it was, <laughs> it was a few months after that but <laughs> gruber fest is, is that was that was a quite the night <laughs> yeah yeah we gotta we're waiting to to schedule that for this year but that's that's coming down the pipe guys but so. gruber fest 2.0 yeah, McGruber series <laughs> is coming to Peacock at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. When when's that going to be on? Probably before the end of the year, but I mean, yeah. who really knows? We'll see. I feel like Peacock's got a bunch of stuff coming on soon. They got that um, Stabler spinoff coming on soon. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That'd be They've good. They've got a wait. What is it? Stabler? Yeah, like from SVU. He's getting his own show. Ah, they've they've got to start putting out original stuff. I think to kind of mm-hmm. compete with. I yeah. mean, Disney Plus is definitely. And stepping up slowly, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean Netflix and Hulu are only going to continue. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a, a shameful plug, but definitely check out uh, John's uh, John's Wandavision reviews. We're deep in Wandavision yeah. now, guys. So I know it's getting. Yeah. I, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with that. Yeah, but to get back yeah. to get back to Peacock real quick though, I wonder if they're going to make a some kind of tribute or some kind of nod to Dustin Diamond. Who just uh, recently passed away, and then yeah. stayed by the Bell reboot. Yeah, was he in the? Was he in the reboot? I don't think he I was welcome. So. He wasn't he welcome. Was. I don't. He I was. don't think the whole cast was in it though. Like I really? think only like four, a couple of them were. But I mean, yeah, I, I, I heard about some of the stuff he got into. He probably, I don't know if he would have been welcomed on it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. No, he's yeah, he was Britain. <laughs> he was some. Uh, Colorful things happening in his yeah. life, but unfortunately, okay. he just passed away from uh, cancer. I don't, I don't yeah. know what kind he had. But I heard it was pretty swift. Yeah, yeah. forty four. He's very young. Yeah, so, uh, we got to pour one out for Screech, though. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. A couple other people. We had Hal Holbrook died this week too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cecily Tyson. Is Cecily that... Tyson. Yeah, yeah. And that one, that one Temple head coach just passed away too. A very famous guy. Yeah. I feel like that that's been happening a lot. I just feel like you, um, you know, every week it's just like something new. It's kind of sad. You know what I, I, on Twitter, every time you see like a, a celebrity trending and the first thing you click on, it's someone that has that gift of Denzel Washington, like holding his heart and like chuckling. It's like, I yeah. thought, I thought Chris Pat died cause he, cause he was a uh, trending. Yeah. I know that that's starting to get like pretty old. It's either like someone died or like someone's digging up an old tweet from a celebrity. Cause that's yeah. cause they're just, they're just trying to cancel everybody now. <laughs> yeah oh but yeah so what do we want to do we want to just kind of jump into it then yeah before we get started though this is a post credit bruise we do have a beer with us tonight mm-hmm. matt what do we have on tap tonight so tonight we have a beer from victory and it is the classic easy drinking lager um sadly we could not find a beer or get a beer from scranton it was more of we didn't have a beer from Scranton. Maybe in the future we'll kind of do a shout out to Scranton with a beer from there. But I was looking for like an office theme kind of beer. Mm-hmm. 
like a that's what she said which i think i think evil genius does but i i couldn't find it couldn't find it i was gonna say i could see like some craft like breweries maybe doing something with beats or something you know? I, I i swear there is like an office like theme one out there i just could not find it for the life of yeah me. i looked everywhere i'm sure but yeah no we got the uh like i said it is the victory classic easy drinking lager again and um we're kind of excited to have this one and don't worry folks no bottles this week we do have a can you know it <laughs> <laughs> And what's great about that is that we get to continue doing our traditional post-credit beer crack. Sounds good. All right, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Wake up while it's cold, ladies. God damn, I got on my goddamn keyboard. <laughs> I'm always worried I'm going to open it and it's going to like... <laughs> so yeah, guys, to kind of you know start us off with this episode, obviously, you know, a lot of people are familiar with the American office started in 2005 um obviously before then you had the british office with ricky gervais um it was pretty popular have you guys ever like tried watching that at all i tried getting into it and i just like you got me onto the office when it's live on tv and you said you should check out the british version too Mm -hmm. and also like family friends have told me that too who were big too yeah and i tried watching like an episode i just really could not get into it and I, i never went back to even watch it yeah, I, I watched a few episodes, and it was funny, but it, I just don't think it ever, like, really caught, like, what the American office kind of caught, you know? It seemed like it was one of those, like, cult classics. You know, there's, like, that underground fan base for Arrested Development, and then that mm-hmm. got canceled from Fox, and then it made yeah. life on uh, Netflix, and kind of, like, community with NBC and mm-hmm. Yahoo and wherever else it went. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> it was on Yahoo. I mean, closest I ever came to the uh, the British version of The Office was that SNL Lord of the Rings skit. Oh yeah, <laughs> Bobby Moynihan. That's yeah. funny. That was good. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, which is funny because I think that was when Martin Freeman hosted, and they had him playing like Jim. I think. Yeah, he was he was Jim on the British one. So, yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, but I think what's clear is like that season one drew so much inspiration from the British Office. You know. Right. I mean, I feel like that whole first episode is like take for take, like the exact same thing as like the pilot for the British one. But yeah, I mean, we had season one creator Greg Daniels, who um, I know. Are you a little more familiar with him, John, with like King of the Hill and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, I think he was involved in like Freaks and Geeks too, right? Was he? Was, or... I don't know if he was. Maybe or not. not. He yeah. was a writer for King of the Hill, I know, mm-hmm. but he was like so influential in the writing of it that he became like a co-creator of it too but he was just kind of brought on as a writer mm-hmm. i think he wrote for the simpsons too but okay i could see that yeah yeah i, think yeah, I mean simpsons i think he was big with you got a lot of that dry humor that's in king of the hill i think in the mm-hmm. show i think that's kind of how a in lot of influence came in yeah. yeah i feel like it almost plays better too where it's like obviously king of the hill is like still funny it's a cartoon but i feel like you can get more from that dry humor when it's like actual like people acting it out you know right yeah which is cool, but yeah, I mean, we had that stuff. I mean, what are your thoughts, kind of, Dave, on the just the first, beginning of the show, the season first season? One. You know, it it's only six episodes, so mm-hmm. in comparison to the others, so I think it was definitely created that way with it being like a trial and error. Yeah, like if it didn't take off, then mm-hmm. it would they would just uh, pull the plug. Mm-hmm. I thought the first season was kind of slow. You know, a lot of people who try to get into the office or even Parks and Rec, for that matter, say 
the first season's just so hard to get through. Yeah. I've had people tell me that the first that they couldn't watch Breaking Bad because they couldn't get past the first episode. I'm like, well, you don't know TV then. You're goddamn right. Breaking Bad's but, a big one, I hear. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's you know six episodes, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um, the standout for me was the episode when they uh, they do the basketball in the oh. yeah. <laughs> in the uh, what do you call it? Yeah, the, in the, in the warehouse. warehouse. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think that's where. Like, you, you, I first got the instinct that it was going to be funny. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was the, just for me. Yeah. Stay, 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 Stanley, Michael, Michael draft Stanley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That basketball one's good. Yeah. I just stand Stanley dribbling that ball. I've seen like pictures of him just like doing that pose, like mm-hmm. on, like on like card magnets and stuff like that. Yeah. It just yeah. shows you how iconic like the, like the show is when you mm-hmm. just see like small things like that all around it in pop culture. Yeah. Yeah. Just to see all that. Yeah. Th- I mean, you know, like I said, that first episode is just like a shot for shot type thing from the British version. But then, you know, the, the second one where you have them doing like the sensitivity training, things like that. Um, that's a pretty big episode. The basketball, obviously, you're right. Diversity. Uh, what was it? Diversity Day. Diversity Day. That's that's what I was looking for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? I mean, Amy Adams shows up in this first. She's the one that's selling the purses in the office. That's right. That's I forgot about that. Think about, especially yeah. if you watch the show later. Like that's a. You think it's like a huge guest star, but it's really not a big deal. And she's even in other episodes, like not a lot of other episodes, but she's in, pops in, in another ones. one or two. Yeah. Yeah, that, and even back then, that was pretty pretty big. Yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up, too, is what I think is so interesting is like, you know, we're talking about season one of The Office, but like, I don't know if you see on YouTube, what they have a lot of are uh, like audition tapes for like people that almost that audition for different roles. I've um, seen them. I haven't really watched any. Like, I know they exist. Yeah, I, I haven't really watched too many of them either. I know like one of the, the two big ones I know, at least are like for Dwight. And correct me if I'm wrong, John, but I Pat Oswalt and Seth Rogen were two like possible choices for Dwight, right? Yeah, and I know uh, Judah Friedlander from Thirty Rock also <laughs> read for it. So, which like when I think see those three, like the only, I mean, it's hard to see anyone other than Rain Wilson, but I feel like I could see Pat Oswalt in that role. Really? I was gonna say I could I, see I Judah Friedlander. Okay, I was. Yeah, it's hard because because I feel like the Dwight in the early seasons is not the same. Mm-hmm. Dwight that you get in the end. We'll get more into how the show progressed later, but yeah. I don't know. Patton Oswalt's kind of like, I cannot see Seth Rogen at all. Mm-hmm. No, and that's no. just, I don't know. He was probably still kind of developing his like shtick back then. But... Yeah, I think he was like younger than us. He might, honestly, straight up, John, he might have been like your age when he auditioned for that, probably. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But who else? And then you had like one of the other big ones. I know like Bob Odenkirk for Michael Scott, um, Catherine Hahn for Pam um john cho for jim so like just different things I, like adam that. scott for jim too i know and i, I could see that worked out for him i could see that too yeah yeah i could see I, john cho also he would yeah i mean and, and then even with odenkirk they brought him back in the last season to play like almost like a michael scott type in like a, a small guest guest spot yeah um, he, he's like of all the people like i mean if you're just combining everyone he's the one i think fits the most with the character and i could yeah. see the show. well and so one other thing to bring up to here is um there was a book for the office that came out last year um, oh, i have it right here 
and you the have office. it right here. Yeah, okay. the office, the untold story of the greatest sitcom of the two thousands mm-hmm. uh, by, by Andy Green. Andy Green, yeah. Yeah, I think it came out last year. Um, yeah, I know they've got all versions of it out now. There's hardback, paperback. Yeah, so. and and I know one of the and again I read that last year. I know you re- you said you read that too, John, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I know one of the big takeaways I got from that was, and there was a ton, ton of insight in that book, but one of the big things I remember reading was like how tough it was for them to choose between like Steve Carell and Bob Odenkirk. Because I remember they said like Bob Odenkirk really was like a, a standout, like when he auditioned for for that role. I could see it. I've just seen him in Bring a Bit and Saul, where like I think he's gained most of his popularity. I mean, he's done other things, but I think most people know him for just Saul and Mm-hmm. and breaking a bit I, I think he could have pulled it off i think he had this the, the charisma and like the yeah. same serious tone that mm-hmm. was needed to play the role only the very best with just the right amount of dirty yeah and i also think i mean like imagine if he got it like imagine where steve Carell's career would be imagine where his career like who would they cast as Saul goodman then you know right so yeah i mean that was a really good book it just it gives you a lot of like insight into just the show and it was kind of like also inspiration for us to want to do this episode too right and the so. book makes the claim that it is the best sitcom of the 2000s so i think by as we break this down every as we break the whole series down i think by the end of this episode we can make that determination if we agree with it if it was the best sitcom we're still, we're still we is. the first season and you probably know this Matt. what other shows were on with this like i feel like nbc's always had a claim of like the thursday night block of like it's like comedies what were the ones that were on when this started do do you remember Uh, not not when the first season was on i mean i i really do i remember like the second season you had like my name is earl and uh i don't know when the first season i don't know if will and grace was still on or not i think will and grace was i was just gonna say that okay and i think i think uh Dirty Rock too, right? Yeah. So, so season two, I definitely know like My Name Is Earl, and then I don't know what else followed it. But then I remember, yeah, season three, Thirty Rock came came along. You know, later on, you obviously had Parks and Recreation shows like that. But um, yeah, I remember there was like a good block where it was just like My Name Is Earl, The Office, Community, Thirty Rock, um, just like a solid like couple hours of like television, but. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting to see where we're at now. And I mean, that's that's really the beginning. Is is there anything else that anyone else kind of wants to talk about with this? I know, so you said, Dave, the cover of the book sort of says it's the greatest sitcom of the 2000s, right? Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that's true or do you think animal practice should hold that spot? Animal practice? Yeah. Dude, something is wrong with you! So, very popular NBC sitcom. <laughs> I mean, I, I was I was gonna wait, but I mean, whenever you guys are ready to talk about sixteen hundred pen, I mean, I'm ready. <laughs> I forgot about it. yeah. Again, like you just had these like these shows that just something. like <laughs> sixteen hundred pen was like the first. I it's like canceled NBC sit, like programming. Sixteen hundred yeah. pen was like, top one. We actually, you know what? I think these next few minutes need to be spent to just even if it's edited out. I. <laughs> NBC sitcoms. 1600 pen. I forgot um, about 1600 Pen. This was in its last season, I think. I, I didn't watch it, but... But that's... You know, I feel like that's everything for that. Um, anything else anybody else has to talk about with season one or kind of the when the show started? So, 
and I can't, I'm, I, it's been like a couple, almost like it's more than half a year since I read the book and there's so much information. It's hard to yeah, remember. Yeah. Was it like clear at the end of this first season that it was going to be renewed or no? It, I think it was like very up in the air. Um, Cause six think, episodes is very, I mean, you know, that's a hard way to make like an yeah. impression. And I, I think it's sort of a combination that like really kind of helps them like green light more of like a season two or at least kind of like feel more confident going into season two because i think it did get renewed but i think you know yeah i think it did really well in reruns that summer so it was like summer 2005 and then it also i mean that was the summer 40 year old virgin came out so like i mean steve carell was a movie star so that was like such a great lead-in to you know that movie premieres in august and then september office season two and the ratings kind of just like followed so yeah, I mean, I, I know that was a really big indicator of like the show's popularity, just kind of like Steve Carell doing that blockbuster and then people watching them on TV. To its credit too, I can't even remember NBC ever giving like any show that they've ever done a uh, a long-term commitment. It always seemed like they were always mm -hmm. on one-year contracts for mm -hmm. everything that they do. Yeah, I mean, NBC has such a history of just like, you know, canceling sitcoms, canceling TV shows. Um, you know, very like abruptly, but yeah, I mean, you know, you had comedies like this and, you know, I'm even going to throw like 30 rock in the mix where, you know, it just felt like they were pretty big, like staples to, to NBC. I think it's a lot with the network TV. They, the, they kind of have like a relationship with their shows, like the Eagles do with Carson Wentz right now. <laughs> cause, it, Cause I mean, they, they pulled the plug on Kevin can wait for me on CBS and I'm still pissed about that. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to do an, maybe we'll do a, a King of Queens episode coming up. If we can get Kevin James on, I I will do, and I will do a full Kevin James episode if we can get him on. Are you serious? He's got a he's got a new show coming on Netflix where he's like a NASCAR like executive or something. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, guys, it's come like, on. We we all know that he his his pinnacle his peak was um in Hubie Halloween. He was good in UB Halloween. <laughs> I think he peaked as the voice of uh, Otis the Cow in Barnyard. Well, Paul Barnyard. Bart is, Paul Bart was still one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Paul Bart was bad. And they, I mean, they made you, you know my number one, Matt, but the Paul Bart's up there in my top ten is the worst one of the worst yeah. things I've ever seen. Rise of Silver Surfer, Paul Bart. Yeah. Still haven't seen Rise of Silver Surfer. Not that I'm planning to anytime soon, but don't worry about it. It's not good. Yeah, so we looked at the season one specifically just because I think a lot of people can agree that it was a completely different series from season one compared to when it took off really from like season two and three is when I think it really took off for the fans. Mm -hmm. So I don't know about you, but all this talk about this, my beer's already empty, and I think now would be a good time just to take a really quick break, mm -hmm. refill these uh, victory classics, and just get right back at it. We'll break down the seasons – Talk about the highlights, what we liked, what we didn't like, and her ultimately getting to the end of this where we can agree or disagree with this book saying that this was the greatest sitcom of the 2000s. Yeah. I think that's our main goal with this. And also just to stop the emails from coming and do this episode. So we're doing it. Yeah. But with that being said, <laughs> I am going to grab a beer. I recommend you guys do too because it's going to be a bumpy ride. All right, guys, let's talk about 
the Victory Classic Easy Drinking Lager from a Victory Brewing Company. From Victory, yeah. You know, I, I think the name speaks for itself. It's a very classic lager. It's very simple to go down. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of refreshing, to be honest. You know, when I think of Victory, I usually think of like their Hop Devil. I feel like that's like one of the big beers they advertise. But it's kind of nice. I feel like from these craft breweries, you don't really see just like a regular normal lager. And this didn't really drink like a lager. It's light. It's a smoky little number with a little spice. It's very light too. Yeah, weighing in at 4.8% alcohol. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I, I think it's right there with the Bud Light, you know, in terms of alcohol content, if, if not less, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was a li- I thought it was light. It was a little hoppy kind of, but like it wasn't like an overwhelming hoppy. I would yeah, agree with that. I think it had a good flavor to it. Mm-hmm. It had like the malt flavor of a Pilsner, definitely for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and you definitely tasted the hops in it with every sip. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a beer. I mean, you can have a couple of these for sure. Like one mm-hmm. you can take to the beach. You can take a six yeah. pack of it to the beach or something. It's 4.8. That's not too bad. For like a craft beer, you don't usually see that too much. Right. The artwork is very classic, as the, the can describes. It's mm-hmm. the front of what I would guess to be a red convertible, if I had mm-hmm. to guess. Something like that. It looks like the top's down on that. Yeah, yeah like an old like retro car, the, the dice in the, in the dashboard. Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys see Michael Scott driving this down the uh, to announce he's back with uh, the Michael Scott Paper Company? Mm-hmm. It's Brittany, bitch. And I am back. Maybe. Maybe. Definitely could. Yeah. Sunglasses and all. Oh, sure. I love the guy profile on this one, too. Lager with details. Perfectly balanced and exceptionally drinkable. This lager is expertly crafted with specialty hops, malt, and yeast to be the standard of refreshment. I, come on, guys. You got to get a better description than that. That was kind of lame. It was refreshing. It's it was. Fitting. It was. It's, it's fitting, but it's not really telling you. It's you know, a ton. Of, I mean, you know, you you know to expect hops with a beer and things like that. So, yeah, not really offering much. Mm. No, I, it's I, good though. We've done a few victories before. This was this is definitely at the top. Yeah, this definitely didn't wasn't one that like knocked my socks off. I mean, I think I could throw a bunch of these back and still feel fine. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't feel like it was overbearing in that sense. That like. You need to stop after a couple. Yeah, yeah. It's it did, good. It, it did make me feel frisky. If that, if that's what I'm trying to get at. Ew, no, David. Uh, uh, but you know, here at Prescott Bridge, we do have a grading scale for our beers. It's uh, mm-hmm. one out of five. Five being like really just awesome. Like I would definitely. Yeah. I'll drink this anytime. And then there's a one where it's like uh, it's just like dishwater. It kind of sucks. It's the new mutants of craft beer. It's the new. It's the yes. It's the new mutants of craft beer. Exactly. How could you be so sure? So where would you guys rank the uh, the Victory Classic at? I'm giving this a four. Again, I I think uh, one of the things with it is again I think it's just like a nice dependable lager. Whether or not it's like a craft beer or not, yeah, I think it's a good point, John, where you say like you bring this to the beach, you can bring this to like a party, have a few and just kind of feel good. Right, yeah. I kind of agree. I, I, I think I'm going to lean towards a four on this one as well. Yeah, that's fine. I was, I was going to go four too. It's not um, – I would definitely have it again. I'm not against having it again. But at the same time, I don't, I, don't, I'm, I'm, I can't put it out of five. Like I'm not going to go rush and seek this one out again. But yeah. if, I came oh, no, yeah. it, if I came across it, I'd definitely have it again. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's like one of those ones where you like you're ever at a, at a friend's house and they have it, you'll grab one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it was in the fridge, I'd take it. Yeah. Straight from the crisper, yeah, of course. We'd be remiss if we didn't do our usual PSA. Just, just don't drink and drive, guys. You, mm-hmm. You're not supposed to. It's not cool. Mm-hmm. You know, be safe. One of the coolest people out there is Hugh Neutron from the show Jimmy Neutron, and he never drank and drove, so you gotta be like Hugh Neutron. What an odd thing to say. You definitely don't want to drink and drive. You know, you don't. You never know where Meredith is going to be crossing the street or anything like that. So yeah, that's true too. <laughs> crossing from the car. Yeah. Hugh. So uh, yeah, grab a case of the Victory Classic. Sit back in your recliner at home, not behind the wheel. And uh, check out The Office on Peacock and just have a good time with it. Welcome back to Post Credit Rooms with Matt, Dave, and John. Yeah, so we get to season two. Like I said, I think this is where the show really starts to gain some traction, some popularity. Yeah, this is really, I think a lot of people sort of caught on to this show for season two or with season two, you know, I, I felt like it even kind of started off pretty strong. You had um, the Dundee's episode is the first episode of season two, which is pretty quotable. <laughs> yeah. I, even just the way it opens up with like an episode like that, it just tells you that it is taking on more, uh, it's taking on less of a serious tone. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's starting to be more imaginative with mm-hmm. the episodes with what they were doing. Yeah. Like I said, the, the spark for me in season one was was the basketball game. I, you know, what I think I liked with these first few seasons, like season two, season three, I think what they did best is like, like I feel like they just like stayed within the office for most of it. Like I feel like when you go to like some of those later seasons, it's like they're doing an episode, you know, where they go to Jim and Pam's baby's baptism when they go over to watch like an episode of Glee versus like season two, season three, where like they're mostly just in the office. And, and the episodes where they do leave the office, it didn't feel like it was just like out of place, like those other two that I mentioned. The, so the booze cruise is like a good example of that, I think, one where mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know, they, they, I think they match that tone a little bit better. Yeah, I was thinking like boo, booze cruise is a good one. I was thinking like be, the episode where they get beach games. A beach game is a great episode. episode. That's yeah. season three, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, um, season two and season three, I think, are really. Um, yeah, they kind of mm-hmm. go hand in hand. They're both really strong. Where it worked, yeah. The fire. Um, the f- oh, the fire. The fire is good too. That was early on in season two, as well. Yeah, yeah, that that was good. <laughs> Wasn't it something in like the trash can was burning? No, he like burns like a, a cheese pita in like the toaster oven or something. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. okay I <laughs> Ryan started the fire. I was yeah. getting that confused with an episode. I'm sure we'll about a little later but. yeah i you know I, I tried getting into the office again recently just like re-watching like old episodes like season one season two and like there could you imagine having michael scott as your boss oh not at all <laughs> like and could you imagine like hr like actually like tolerating like somebody it's it's tv so you suspend you know disbelief in yeah but, um now how about this could you imagine the office airing in 2021 like the unedited, just the way it was presented to us. I, I don't think it would hold up. I think they would have to tweak some things, like especially some of these like earlier season one, season two episodes. But I mean, I think overall, like I, I think you could still do a show like that, you know? I, I don't think they'd be able to get away with 
some of the things that they that yeah done. i would agree i, I think it'd, it'd be a bit watered down i think i don't think mm-hmm. it would be as like dry and like brash as it kind of is in the first how it is yeah two, three i was seasons. thinking more just like working remotely you know like how do you do an office show oh, oh, right yeah covid yeah i was surprised they didn't do it because i mean you know they I think Parks and Rec did a special, then 30 Rock did a special. They yeah. didn't do anything, which I'm not complaining. I'm just, it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting because I think, I mean, this show's maybe more popular now than it ever was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, even just doing it with like side characters, like you still make it seem as if like Oscar and like Meredith and Phyllis are still working there. What the hell are they doing now? I mean, yeah. You know, <laughs> they probably yeah. all in on this, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of those, um, a lot of those like smaller characters on the show are probably just like waiting for them to be like, you know what, we're bringing it back. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, season two, you know, I, I think one of the highs that season two kind of had or going into season three was it won the Emmy for best comedy that year. Steve Carell won a Golden Globe for playing Michael Scott. So it, the show really became really popular um, just from that second season. No, yeah. If it gained all the awards and stuff like that, yeah, this is exactly like like we were saying. This is where the show really started to take off. Mm-hmm. And you can yeah. see just like looking at who like wrote this, like Greg Daniels, Michael Scher, Paul Feig, like they've got their hands like all over this, which something you know I don't think was totally in later seasons. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, and I I didn't even realize how big of a presence Paul Feig was for the show. Like I didn't know he worked on it as much as he did. Yeah, you know, obviously having his background from like you know obviously recently like bridesmaids things like that but he was he was a big part of freaks and geeks too which is before the office so um i know he directed a lot of episodes i think he wrote some too so it's cool to say um, it's hard pick- like picking like a favorite out of the i don't know there's a lot of good ones in this season mm-hmm. i gotta get with the fire fire's really good in season two yeah i the, like uh the fight the fight yeah. Dwight, Dwight punches Michael in the stomach at work and our rematch is quickly organized on the premises. <laughs> like, that, exactly, like, again, like imagine imagine your boss wanted to challenge you to a physical fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, work. how would you react? <laughs> yeah. Casino Night's a good episode. I was going to say the, the injury's good, too. I was just going to bring up the injury. Yeah. <laughs> I like waking up to the smell of bacon. Sue me. Yeah, <laughs> he steps on it. <laughs> Oh take yeah, your, the injury. Take, is your, good. take your daughter to work day. That one's good too. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I mean, see the carpet. Remember the carpet? Oh, uh, the carpet. See again. The whole, uh, yeah. the whole episode is them trying to f- figure out what the smell was coming from the carpet. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, somebody making soup, and that that leads us into a whole other discussion. I think we have a whole hour just dedicated to Todd Packer on this, right? <laughs> yeah, he's one of the. The many side characters that was awesome. <laughs> David was a great side character in this. Yeah, David Wallace. Yeah. Okay. Do yeah. <laughs> but just and Jan. Yeah. Some of these were great. You had some good good side characters. Yeah. What I don't think you the... meet Moe's until season three. Yeah. What was, what was the car for? like? I, I remember it, but like, what what like what was it like? What did you find out? It wasn't the end. I think you find out like Packer just took like a dump on his carpet. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I was like a, a prank or something like that. But yeah, it's just funny because I think just we're specifically just talking about season two and it's just each of us has a favorite episode and then it's John, you mentioned an episode. You're just like, oh yeah, that was funny. 
Dave. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Uh, I was gonna bring up Casino Night too. That the finale, like that. That's a good episode. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this will be the last thing before we jump into season three. I do like the one where uh, they do the random drug testing, or they do the drug testing at the office. Oh yeah. <laughs> what was it? Michael went to like an Alicia Keys concert. <laughs> 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 that was good. I think Kevin goes up to the. Kevin's like, I want to fly here. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good episode. Um, what else with season two? And anything else we want to kind of talk about for jumping pretty quick into season three? I got nothing. No, and, no, I think we hit on. I mean, hit on a lot of the highlights. Yeah, and again, I, I think season three was another like really strong season. I think like season two is the best, and season three is pretty close, but. You know, I think one of the big things is obviously you see, you know, Rashida Jones, Ed Helms coming to the the show. You know, obviously season two kind of ended with Jim, you know, telling Pam he loved her. That was like the big thing going on then. And then, you know, he moved to Stanford. Yeah, the Stanford branch for Dunder Mifflin. Right. Um, and again, that's where you're introduced to Andy Bernard. You're introduced to Karen Filippelli. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought they were two good additions to the show too. I really forgot about... The whole storyline with Pam and Roy, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it really just kind of went off, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of in and out, right? I did see something funny at, I think it was the Stanley Cup or one of the big championship games last year. Mm-hmm. Jim and and Roy sat together in the stands, ever ah. drinking beers together. <laughs> well, they made up, right? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there like an episode in season nine where they like go to his wedding or something? I'm not sure. I think there is. And it just tells you how crazy, like, season three starts off as a continuation from the casino night, uh, mm-hmm. the, gay, the gay witch hunt, <laughs> where, where, where Michael Alce, <laughs> a gay employee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that, that's a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe, yeah, there's a lot of stuff you couldn't do with The Office anymore. <laughs> I, yeah. I was going to say, I think NBC NBC doing that episode in 2021, like, there would be such a spin to the end of it. Yeah. It'd be like a positive, like, I don't know. Oh, that, yeah, that is, that was a, that was a good episode. I'm I'm trying to think of (laughs) other ones from the season, too. Gay Witch Hunt, that was. (laughs) Great Grief Counseling is a good one. Diwali. Diwali. I was going to say The Convict. Oh, The Convict. Prison Mike. I like um, back from vacation. Remember when he takes that picture? He has that like yeah. big like cut yeah. out of him and Jay. <laughs> yeah. Ah, they got the the convict on here. It's one of the the most famous ones. Yeah. Prison Mike. Prison Mike. Well, it's it's a pretty significant character. That's my fancy yeah. name. Prison Mike. <laughs> yeah. I think I think we got a great character in this season in a uh, Ben Franklin. <laughs> so ben that is that's my favorite episode of the office by the way the ben franklin one where they have the the bachelor party for bob vance in the warehouse (laughs) (laughs) and they was they had to order the strippers and jim orders the women just like a a ben franklin like impersonator (laughs) like the options are like ben franklin or spongebob or something (laughs) spongebob 
Bills' well, wedding was good too. Yeah, that was a good like double kind of like it Ben Franklin and Phyllis's wedding right after. Um, did we so did we like like that transition from like all the people from Stanford coming to Scranton? Did you think that storyline worked? I think it did. I mean, I think it was kind of a good way to kind of give the show a little more like mm-hmm. I guess like momentum, so yeah. to speak, or you know, Maybe more of like more, a, um, relatability. Story. Yeah. You know, a lot of companies have merge and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was probably a good – I would agree with that. And I also think it was a good, like, addition. I mean, look at Andy Bernard, like, end of the show and, like, when he first showed up in season three. Like, what a horrible character. <laughs> right. You know? And I think he was bad at the end of the show, but it was, like, in a different way versus, like, him where he was just a genuinely bad person. <laughs> right. You know? You yeah. know, one of my skepticisms of the show – before I got into it was how, how is a show last nine seasons just by being in, in the same four walls. And uh, for a lot of reasons, I think that's kind of why I like Parks and Rec a lot better than the office, mm-hmm. but there's episodes in this season, like beach games and Phil's wedding burden. You get, you see them going outside and interacting outside of the confines of the office. Mm-hmm. And which gave me hope that you can, that they're able to, mm-hmm. to do more with, with the, the story they're doing. Yeah, and I mean, and I agree with that. And it makes sense for them to do things like that, right? Like, you can make it entertaining. You're Beach not just games. doing an episode. Beach Games is one of my favorite episodes. Beach Games is a good episode. And the whole premise of that one, too, is like, it's he's essentially like having them fight over who's going to take over his spot at Dunder Mifflin, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we keep bringing up this show probably would not hold up today. Just some of the, the most cringeworthy moments. Remember in that episode when Michael asked him like, what team was he to be a part of? Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't care. He's like, no, Stanley, you can get to the back of the bus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I like moments like that though, I, I would agree. Yeah, I mean definitely I don't think you would see that on NBC sitcom anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I think that's what really stood up to me with season three is that it took a lot of risks. Mm-hmm. And I think it paid off because it gained a lot of popularity. I think season three is where it really, really started to take off. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I think season three worked really well. I thought, um, yeah, it and it ended pretty good, too. So it ended with, you know, obviously Jim and Pam winding up together, right? I think yeah, so. And the, whole th- and the whole thing with the beach games is Michael's possibly in the running for, like, a new position right in New York. Yeah, yeah, he's having them all, like, fight. Yeah, like kind of like battle at the beach games for whoever's going to take over his job. But yeah, and then you have like Dwight falling on the coals, asking to take the job. Yeah, like I mean, there's so many like me. I mean, like there could just be like memes on this show, and there would be something like for everything. I mean, I, the one with him on the coals, I feel like you see all the time. Yeah, yeah, that was a good moment with Stanley when he like figures out that like they're all doing these games because. Like they're going for Michael Scott's job, and like he just like tries like a hundred times hard, harder, just to get the the position. I like when Andy's like gets caught in the the sumo suit, and the whole episode is just him floating the background of all the interviews. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's some that, uh, that was funny. There's some really interesting directors this season. An episode by J.J. Abrams, coupled yeah. by coupled by Harold Ramis, <laughs> Ghostbusters. John Favreau. Did he do a few? 
I haven't come across like, that yet. No, okay. I'm sure he did though. Maybe. Yeah. Howard yeah. Ramos did like three or four this season. They gotta put. Field. They gotta put John Favreau in the COVID task force because he cures everything. He is amazing. <laughs> He's yeah. He, he does well with uh yeah fixing franchises, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So what did you have? You had you know at the end of this this season you had you know like I said like Jim and Pam winding up together. And you also had Ryan, who we haven't really talked too much about the temp, find out he's the one that gets the job in New York, right? And, he, and he's, had, he's had it out, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, any final thoughts on season three or just jump into season four now? Yeah. No, I, I think we had a lot of it. I, think, I mean, I think season three definitely was like more of like a story-like focus, which – I mean, I don't know. I think if you're planning on being a series, like a long-running one, like you have to have some kind of overarching. Mm-hmm. You got to make people want to care about these characters, and I yeah. think just isolated situations mm-hmm. aren't gonna make yeah. that happen. But I also think it gives like even the network itself, like they have like structure with knowing like where are you planning on doing with this show. It's not just like a free form yeah, type that's thing. True. I think but... it's worth noting too with season three going to season four, especially with the Jim and Pan storyline with season three and four being around like 2007, 2008-ish, mm-hmm. you see the advent of uh, social media starting to become a thing and a lot of people were talking about it and like, oh, Jim and Pam, mm-hmm. Jim and Pam. I remember this even making like the local news, like, will Jim and Pam get together? Uh, <laughs> that was the big thing, you know, and I, I think they were trying to channel some of that like energy they got from friends, you know, years ago, I'm sure, right? Right, but I think The Office had the advantage of having the social media mm-hmm. somewhat relevant when it was mm-hmm. live on TV, so it was, it was like, the thing to do, like go home and watch The Office. More people were talking about it. Yeah, it became like an instant, like water cooler conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what people. Yeah, that's the way people described it as. Um, and this was also on when Lost was on, so you, you kind of heard those same conversations of like if if you missed an episode, like you missed something big. But yeah, I mean, and you know, th- then we kind of jumped into season four, and and one thing that's interesting with season four is. The first four episodes are all like hour long episodes, which I know, and the book does a good job at kind of like going a little more into this, but they talk about how they, um, they really kind of like teetered with the idea of like making this like an hour long show. I thought those episodes were good. I don't think they were really as funny as like some of the, like the season, season three, season two episodes. But um, I mean, I think it was a good kind of like experiment for them to see if this was going to work or not. I think it opened up strong with the fun run episode. It's also mm-hmm. one of my other one of my favorite ones. Fun run was good. Yeah, I actually got the Michael Scott shirt for that. <laughs> what is it? The race for the cure. The, the Michael Scott's Thunder Mifflin Scranton Meredith Palmer Memorial Celebrity Rabies Awareness Pro Am Fun Race for the uh, Cure. It's a good. Uh... I don't know why I just thought <laughs> we forget to mention when Michael hit Meredith in their car. Yeah, yeah, that that that's how the season opens. He he hits her with her car. <laughs> it's very very <laughs> unexpected. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was oh that was God. one way to open a season. Um, <laughs> they've still they've still laughing at this. <laughs> I'm not laughing at Kate Flannery though. I'm still mad at her. Yeah. She never responded to our tweets, right? Yeah, we were in Ocean City for the night in Venice, and I was wearing the uh, Michael Scott shirt that I just mentioned, 
I had mm. no idea that she was going to be on the parade with the boats until you mentioned it. I'm like, oh, let me throw it on real quick. <laughs> and then we tweeted to her and never answered us. She was there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, what else do we kind of think about some of these episodes in like season four? I think another thing to really kind of think of is this season was during the writer's strike. So, the, you know, the whole like middle of the season kind of got like abruptly sort of halted because yeah, it looks the it's like, there, like there was an episode on uh, November 15th mm-hmm. and then it didn't pick come back till like April, November yeah. 2007, then April 2008. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I mean, that's a long time, like a network show, you know, you're expecting you know, that you're going to have for that like nine, eight months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this season also I, produced one of my favorite episodes, Dinner Party. Dinner Party. And that... And, that is like i didn't really realize how much people love this episode until like when in, in the book they talk they have like a whole chapter just dedicated to this entire episode is it really um just yeah. like talking about how um they were just talking about how like mu- how tough it was for the actors to act because it was like too funny for they were saying like john krasinski if you like watch him in the episode he's just losing it the entire time <laughs> like yeah it, it was funny I, I see the outtakes of them with with the TV on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> What's his? What does he say? How big is the TV? I just remember him talking up. Just guys, you know, I had a little extra money and uh, decided I'm gonna buy myself a brand new TV. It's all it up, and it's just, <laughs> just like one of these little kitchen TVs on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's a, it's one of those like, like you see in kitchens. You would see it in a kitchen. Yeah, you wouldn't see it in like a den or like a living room. He yeah. pulls pulls it out from the wall. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Dwight uh Dwight brings his babysitter as his date. Well Dwight's also not even invited. Like <laughs> Oh yeah, there's so many things about that too. And then Jan like playing the the record from that fifteen year old. Yeah, like her like assistant. And she's just, she's just jamming out to it. Yeah, and I mean at this point Jan was fired because the episode before was well she was no, because the job in New York was her job. And then Ryan took it, I think. They, right, okay. Gotcha. So she went into yeah. she was making candles. She went into a candle making business. Yeah. She yeah. was suing she was suing the company. That's right. <laughs> For wrongful termination. Yeah. That's another good one, that deposition. Mm-hmm. When they have Michael Scott go in there. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Uh, but yeah, now dinner party. I mean, we could yeah, I mean, just like the book, like we could dedicate like a good chunk of time just talking about this whole episode. It's up there as one of them as cringeworthy yet, like just amazing episodes. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of them. This is like up there. Yeah, I mean, I know a few people who like this show. Like it, it's too uncomfortable for them to watch. Like they say, it's just too cringy for them. <laughs> yeah, just like reading like some of like the descriptions of these. Like I, I don't know. I think that's just a testament to how funny the show is. Like, I, did I stutter when Stanley snaps at oh. Michael during a meeting? Michael tries to give Stanley an attitude adjustment. <laughs> That one's good. Did I start? It's a good run of episode, like chair model. Um, Night Out's like one of my favorite ones. When they go out like clubbing with Ryan in New York. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I like the local ad when they make the the Dunder Mifflin commercial. Yeah. (laughs) The final product was actually pretty cool. It was just that piece of paper just doing a whole, but it it was crumbled up. It became a paper airplane. But all all the people act. (laughs) That was good when, uh, 
Dwight has like the paper and like Phil is, it's just I'm your son. He's <laughs> like you have a son and it's me and she's like ah. Yeah. I think this was the season where you learn about Dwight's second life. Oh, remember what Dwight's second it? life? That everything's video game. The, everything's <laughs> the same except he can fly. <laughs> All right, uh, we we can go on for hours just talking about all of these. I know, these are some good episodes. I forgot season four. Season four has some good ones too. Not as funny as two or three, but still, you know. And then you have Goodbye Toby at the end, and that's um, you know, you get introduced to Amy Ryan, Holly, who you know eventually becomes Michael's wife. Oh, his hatred for Toby was great. Yeah, he he puts on like a whole carnival just because he's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> He sings like the his rendition of Goodbye Stranger, but it's Goodbye Toby. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely one of the shows like best like running like gags. Oh yeah. yeah. For Toby. It I'll never you, it, really got like tired, I thought. Like sometimes like gags like that like becomes too much. Like it was always pretty like consistently funny. Right. And I I, I think because the people that created this show also created Parks and Rec, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. I I think they carried that over with everyone talking to jerry in, in parks and rec yeah which is still like yeah. jerry's one of my favorite characters on that show and i think just yeah. because of that mm-hmm. the thing yeah. is I, I was not a big fan of like i really didn't care for toby and yeah. I, I and i feel like i feel like michael scott said i just didn't care for the guy mm-hmm. although he was a temple grad he was a temple grad yeah that is true he got his master's in social work at temple yeah um but no, yeah, that, that's right, though. Yeah, I guess Toby, like, you you knew he had a daughter, but you didn't really learn too much. Like, that was a good aspect of Jerry and Parks and Rec. Like, when you saw his family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> his <laughs> no, beautiful he, family. He's bringing up my wife, Gail, and, he, like, you guys just have a vision in your mind instantly. <laughs> I don't know if it's because it's just the name Gail or it's just because it's just Jerry as being Jerry. Yeah. But that episode, when they, they revealed his wife and, and his daughters and they're singing the Christmas Carol, I lost yeah. it. That was just incredible. Ben's Ben Wyatt's reaction to that was pretty good. Like, ben Wyatt was I, I love there's a YouTube video out there of just it's every time Ben Wyatt just looks at the camera. Oh yeah. It's funny. <laughs> That's good. Oh say I'll save it for the parks and rec episodes. Is that confirmed or do one? I, I think at summer twenty twenty one. I think it's gonna it's gonna drop. Yeah, baby. But yeah, no, I mean season four how does season four end? I'm trying to think. It ends with you learn Jan is pregnant, but that wasn't like a big part. Um, yeah, uh, Angela and Dwight hooking up. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, Andy proposes to Angela. I think that yeah, possibly going to New York. That's right for art school. Yeah, yeah. Jim was planning on proposing to Pam, and then Andy kind of stole his thunder. But yeah, anything else from season four we want to kind of talk about or go over for now? I can't think of anything. We're good. Okay. Yeah. I think I think next is like season five where we can kind of start to. I don't know. I guess where do you guys like? I don't know. I think the characters stay pretty consistent through these first four seasons. I th- yeah, I would agree with that. I think my issue is once season five rolled around, there were just certain characters where like it was almost like one joke they did with them was like so funny and landed that they just kept doing it over and over and over again. Um, I felt like season five is really where you saw them. They just made Kevin way too stupid. And it was kind of like a slow progression. Like, I feel like it's worse seasons like six, seven, and eight. 
but yeah, I think you just saw these small things with like certain characters where it was like maybe they that was too much or it was so different from how they were in earlier seasons. The dumbing down of Kevin, I think, is the most mm-hmm. glaring one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can even just tell just by like the way he talks. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he was always funny. Like, it, but I would agree. Yeah, like the the even the way he talks toward the end of the show. But like he was so funny in see the first like four seasons, or I would say like first three seasons, because he was just like slow and yeah. like he was just funny. Um, I'm thinking of like the one part where they're doing like email surveillance, and you just see he's like, I got to erase a lot of stuff, <laughs> a lot of stuff. Like in beach games, he's like, I just want to sit on the beach all day and eat hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> But then, like, you see how it progresses to, like, now, like, at this far end where his first interaction with Holly is she thinks he has a mental disability. Yeah, right. And you see, like, like this something they make him do. Like, he, I think Oscar says, like, you can't eat all those M&Ms in that jar once. And he, like, just starts eating the whole thing, like, like that. Yeah, yeah. What, like, Malone's cone. Uh, just, like, Malone's cones. Things like that where it was just, it wasn't. I think we 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 passed um have we passed uh Kevin's famous chili yet? So perfect time because that is season five. Um, that is a very funny Kevin moment though. I do laugh at that. <laughs> like, Everybody is going to get to know each other in the pod. That's like scooping it back off. <laughs> yeah, Kevin's famous chili. <laughs> Video on honestly, I, I, I don't put this in the category of like them dumbing him down because I really just it was just I'm serious about this stuff. Funny, it was, fun, yeah. it was funny, That's yeah. Thing, like, I feel like, and I mean, I don't, I'm mad, and not that I'm saying like you have that, you know, you have your own story that's similar to this, but I feel like if this is a moment, like if it happened in, in an office, like I don't, me personally, like I feel like I would laugh at that no matter yeah. who it was. And it, yeah. Like I'd feel bad about laughing, but it's like I can't help but laugh at that. Uh-huh. So, you know, I, I'll share the story. We, um, yeah, I mean, that was funny that it happened in the office, but there was a, a camping trip we were on um, in the Scouts years ago. And somebody thought it was a smart idea to put this massive pot of chili on, like, the sled as they're, like, taking it down this, like, rocky, like, rocky road. Like, there wasn't even a path. And, and it just spilled out. It's like a dark Friday night. <laughs> what is the matter with you? Very unrelated to the office for that. I'm, I'm, we, we just always found that fun. <laughs> Felt really bad. Chili's one of those things too. Like it's not like you can just go like make like, chili takes a, a bit. Yeah, it to takes make. a while. Yeah. The trick is to undercook the onions. <laughs> but yes, I had that personal connection with the the Kevin Malone story. <laughs> Um, just the way that they, they they acted that out, it almost seems like they told him to be take it really seriously, and then when he spilled it, like the look on his face, and yeah. made, like it, he act, he did that very very well. He's like rolling he's like, around in it. That, he, he, looks he looks at the camera. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> but the best is like as he's cleaning it up, they do like a a screen to like his face. He's just like, it's probably the thing I do best. <laughs> But I mean, we all of season five can just be us talking about Kevin's famous chili in the cafe disco, right? Cafe disco is my is one of my favorite episodes. So <laughs> it's a good one. But I mean, you know, I think season five, like obviously, it opens up. Jim, you know, Pam's in art school in New York, and Jim is um, 
you know, Jim proposes to her, you know, that was a big, you know, a big scene in season five. But I mean, other than that, like you have the introduction of like Idris Elba's Charles Minor, um, who's essentially like Jan's role kind of, it seems like. Yeah, um, that's kind of what he, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, you also have like the Michael Scott paper company, things like that. But I mean, I still thought season five was pretty solid. I don't think it really was. Again, I think this is where the show kind of like started progressively. I don't want to say got worse, but I think it started progressively sort of like losing some steam. And I think they kind of talked about this in the book, but like they were really beat down from the season because I'm looking at it. It looks like it had 28 episodes, Mm -hmm. which is almost unheard of. Yeah. Uh, it looks like in the final episode it looks like it was their hundredth episode. So, I mean, that's a the show could have just gone in syndication, I think, just from this alone. But mm-hmm. and I twenty eight episodes season is pretty a big task. Yeah, and I could see them really wanting to push, like, let's end season five with a hundred episodes because that's a good point. I'm sure that's like a good like indication for like syndication, you know, for them yeah. to reach that. Um, but you know, another big thing I wanted to bring up too, and, and this is some people's favorite episode, but like stress relief, which premiered after the Super Bowl that year. Um, so that was a pretty big deal too. And that was the one I met, that was the one I was getting kind of confused with the fire, but I was like, no, I was like, I know that was in the end, like that mm-hmm. was later, but uh, yeah. that opening's great. I mean, that's, that's really funny. I yeah. Think. That's, that's a good, that's a good combination of like the almost like out of hand office humor and just like the the stuff that made the show so funny for like those first five seasons. I'm trying to, I mean, is there anything else that kind of stands out to you guys with season five? I feel like, you know, there's big elements. Like did did we think the Michael Scott paper company worked well? I I thought that storyline was kind of funny. I mean, I thought it was kind of funny having a storyline that's only, you know, a couple episodes and Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think it landed as well as earlier episodes. Yeah. I I, I thought it was pretty funny for what it was. Mm -hmm. I thought it was funny that the fact that they were operating like, a couple floors down from the actual office that was yeah. kind of funny but yeah. just but the, the entire thing was worth it for michael scott to pull up in that car in the one opening it's britney bitch and i am yeah. back it's yeah. one of my favorite moments in the show that's it's a good Brit- moment i like how they wrote ryan back into it because like at this point ryan had been um had been fired from his job i think he was like you know like fraudulent things going on when he was in charge right um and I think when this when when they brought him into that, any thought of him being that weasel Harry Roseman like character that that he they made him out to be just went out the window. Mm-hmm. He and he because when they they built him up to be like I guess a, a nemesis or a, a big competitor to to Michael, and now he just went down to like to like the C level characters with like um, Mindy Kelly. Like yeah, they all just got pushed by the wayside. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, just remember, like, where, like, I mean, he was never really, like, a big character to begin with, but just the whole shift they did with his character, right? Overnight, Um, overnight, too, yeah. Completely different person. Um, They changed his hair and everything. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, this season ends with Pam and Jim find out they're pregnant, right? Yeah, that's a good episode, too, with all, they are at the... Company the, the, the company yeah. picnic and they find out the branches are closing mm-hmm. yeah i forgot about that and michael that... michael holly's like spilled the news and they weren't supposed to they were in like, yeah. a skit yeah right yeah. forgot but about that they were and dwight was like competitive with, with the volleyball team and he had like mm-hmm. phyllis and other people playing yeah <laughs> 
Um, and yeah, I mean, I thought it was a pretty solid finale. You know, like we were saying, Jim and Pam find out they're pregnant. Um, John, you had mentioned they kind of give away that one of the, the branches is closing, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. They mention it. They're not really like supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like a skit. Yeah. I mean, that, that's pretty much season five. Is anyone, I, Dave, you said Cafe Disco is like a big one of your favorites, right? I like that a lot. Yeah. Because for as crazy as the shit that Michael does, you just see how everyone in an office just rallies behind him at mm-hmm. the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just has like that, like we're kind of a family kind of feel. Yeah. To anyone that's watched Shit's Creek, the end of season two has that same kind of feeling where, like, you know, everyone just comes together. So it, mm-hmm. it, it was it was really cool. I, I like that aspect of it a lot. Yeah. But it was just it was just funny funny too. Like Phil's pulls out her back. Oh yeah, and Dwight like treats her like he would like a horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say gold golden tickets another good one. Oh, okay. golden tickets. Very like co- concept driven. Like funny. yeah. Golden Ticket's a, a funny one. You remember that one, Dave? Uh, I gotta look at the description. Is it a, like if you start like reading into these, like you start getting like memories of it, like remember Koi Pond? What happened? Yeah, he falls into it. <laughs> the Golden Ticket. Mm-hmm. That was like all like they they did like a promotion like Willy Wonka, but like all the five tickets ended up in the same box. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, like they delivered line. it all to like Independence Blue Cross or something. <laughs> It's got that same kind of mentality as we'll, I guess we'll be talking about it next season with the Scott's Tots. Yeah. Oof, man. So let, let's just jump into it then, season six. It gave us Scott's Tots, which is, Scott's I tots. think, the, the most cringeworthy episode on TV I have ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Scott's Tots, yeah. If, if you don't like, if you feel uncomfortable, like this will make you feel like 10 times more uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, Scott's Tots is uh so what's the premise of that one then? He like promises these kids like college tuition. Years ago he promised this one school's uh like a kindergarten class, right? Whatever it is, yeah. yeah. That if, if you do well in school, I'll pay for your college tuition. And they all went up like in like straight A's and like worked really hard and yeah. They're like seniors <laughs> in high school getting ready to go. And he he they he thinks he's going to get some kind of reward for like I guess taking on the success of having all of them succeed with their mm-hmm. grades. Yeah. Comes to find out like, yeah, well, they're gonna graduate and now they need someone to pay for their college tuition. Hey, Mr. Scott, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Make a dream come yeah. <laughs> and he's I, like, yeah, I, I'm not gonna do that. He brings like a bag of lithium batteries for them uh, for, their, yeah. for their laptops. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that episode makes you feel feel uncomfortable. But you also had the great episode of Jim and Pam's wedding. Like, that was a genuinely good episode. Oh, yeah. That was, you know, people – that was good. And and the book kind of goes into um, – they were taking that episode in, like, some weird directions. I don't know if you remember, like, reading about that book, John. What episode was this the, again? I'm Jim sorry. and Pam's wedding. I think so. Like, they were, like, well, talking about, like, Roy, like, trying to, like, win Pam back and – Oh, on like or, a horse riding on like everything. a horse. Yeah, yeah. I and remember. Then like, and then, like the end of the episode, somehow, like the horse, like is seen like going over Niagara Falls. Um, it's crazy right. to think about. And they, they even like mention they're like, "Is this our jump the shark moment?" And they even mention how like Steve Carell like read the script and he was like, "Are you guys kidding me? Like we can't do this." <laughs> like, right. 
So and I think that is a lot to say too, because I know for a fact that they gave Steve Carell and Rain Wilson and uh, John Krasinski a lot of leeway with the scripts. Like they could change and edit anything they wanted to. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I'm always really curious to see if you go back and retrospect if what scenes were improvised and what which ones were not. Yeah, and, and I'm sure. I'm sure again, I'm sure as the show progressed, like they all probably got more comfortable with each other and sort of playing off each other with that. Right. Um, and I'm sure like Steve Carell was probably like the, the best at that. But again, like Rain Wilson, John Krasinski, Jenna Fisher, you know, I'm sure they all kind of were able to play off that. Yeah, another Mindy Kaling, I'm sure she was great at that too. Um, it, they were, I, mean, I think everyone in the cast was stellar with the roles that they were assigned. And mm-hmm. I, I could really see. I don't know if it's true, but I could see each person having a say in how their character developed. Mm-hmm. It's did they go go into that at all in the book? Like how any like the characters had the actors had like free range of, or were they or were they like on a on a tight rope? I think I mean I don't remember specifically them talking about it. I know, like I I think they did sort of let each actor kind of try and like give their input on like maybe they should do this, maybe they should do that, or like trying like comedically i don't did you feel that john did you feel like they talked about like the writers giving the actors like a lot of freedom i think so i mean i think it was like they were this far into the show Mm -hmm. that you know i mean i guess as actors they felt like they had you know a good deal of ownership yeah over the characters so i think think especially when yeah especially the side ones i think they kind of let them add their like own nuances Mm -hmm. and things yeah Again, I mean, it was a great book. I mean, I read it like, again, I, I kind of read it around the same time you did, John, like six, six, seven months ago. But yeah, no, I mean, I felt like they kind of talked about that a little bit. Yeah, that, they definitely, they definitely mm-hmm. mentioned it here. I mean, it was definitely, I think it was with characters like Kevin, mm-hmm. uh, like Aunt Meredith. I was going to say, like, like some of the biggest... big one. Yeah. yeah. Um, any other like notable episodes that stick out to you guys though here? Did you guys talk? I mean, we got some new characters in this season, right? Did you guys bring that up, or this was the one where they introduced Ellie Kemper's character, right, Aaron? Because Pam's kind of like a saleswoman now on this episode. Was right? that? Was that? The, I think she showed up in season five. We might have. Uh, might think be right. the end of season five. Yeah, but she was. Yeah, she the was whole more... the whole thing. Because the whole thing with Michael Scott Paper Company was, you know, Pam wanted to, you know, step away from doing the reception, right? Mm-hmm. I think yeah, like, she won't do it anymore. In season six, he starts seeing a uh, Jim progress in the company. He gets the promotion, and he's oh, working right. side by side with Michael. Yeah, they do that like dual like manager type role thing. Is it, yeah. is this the season where they uh, the one episode they tried to figure who's going to get a raise and who doesn't, and the whole office catches them in the conference room and they have like their faces, their big like, headshots, and they put beans on them to. To signify who like a quality about them, and whoever has the most beans gets a raise or something like that. I think that is. I think that is this season. Yeah. I I just I just remember I just remember like cause I I laughed out loud when I watched it. Like Dwight brings everybody in, and he's like, "Look, they're determining our races by putting beans on our faces, and they're, like they're trying to defend it." And the whole background, Kevin's like, "What does a bean mean?" Yeah. <laughs> that was the season. Yeah. Um, murder is a good one too. Oh, that's a great one. Doing the murder mystery. <laughs> yeah, uh, just just for Creed walking in. Oh yeah, he tells him there's a murder. 
He's like, <laughs> he just like runs out. It's like, all right, boss. I'll, let me uh, let me settle it. I'll be right back. He just gets yeah. back to the car. Yeah, I forgot about that though. That when they had Jim and Michael in like the manager role, I didn't think that worked too well. Like I didn't, I wasn't crazy about that. Yeah, you know they 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 pushed Jim and Pam to be major characters just from them getting together and getting married, and then uh, I yeah I agree. I think adding him to be a manager or like that, it just seemed a little too salty to me mm-hmm. or yeah. overdone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Um, one thing I did like with it though, I did like them the Daryl. They gave Daryl a lot more to do this season. I felt yeah, um, which was cool. Yeah, yeah. I I never had a problem with Daryl. I thought he was always cool. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't. Know. I think Jim was just like hard as a character. Like I think it was hard to believe that he would just kind of be in that position. Mm-hmm. But I agree. Like I think they had to try and figure out a way that like it would make sense for him to still be there. But yeah, I don't. I don't know that it totally works. That's a good point because it kind of like diverts from like when he was like the beginning of the show. He just like didn't care about this job. Like he was just like I don't care. And now like suddenly it's you know he's in more of like a manager role. And, he has to care almost. Yeah, throughout the entire series, he's been a prankster, just going after mm-hmm. the weight, and now like you see him trying to take on responsibilities. Be more serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then Kathy Bates shows up, so they come kind of like almost like affiliate or like merge with this other company, Saber. Like I, I'm trying to figure out like what's like they, so they, they were big were, with like printers. Okay, so they they were they trying were, to yeah they were trying to buy out Thunder Milton, right? Or trying to take over them. Yeah, I mean, I guess they did pretty much, like, buy them, and then they just, like, sort of became, like, their company, like, affiliated with them. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you you know, you kind of had them coming in and sort of, like, shaking some things up. Kathy Bates, like we had said, was a pretty big character this toward the end of the season. But, you know, and I remember, like, one of the big storylines was, I guess, the printers would catch on fire. So, like, Andy was kind of, like, this whistleblower, sort of, like, letting people know that this is what's happening. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a solid se- this season. Like Jim and Pam also had a baby, so again, I mean, did you guys feel like were you guys kind of getting sick of Jim and Pam at this point? I got sick and tired of them like after their wedding. Yeah, like you're married, congratulations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was never like it was never the storyline I was like super invested in. Yeah, I felt like it did. It got to a point where it was just like it was. They were just like trying to do too much with them, maybe too much too quick. I feel like what they should have done was they should have made the finale their wedding. Like they should have dr- drug it out, but like because once they're married, it's like what else could you really do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was an interesting like placing to like do like their their wedding, you know. But you're right. It's like once they get married, it's like what's the next like logical thing that they do on a TV show? They have a baby, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they had marrow problems, and that's what their whole rest of their thing was. Their whole like arc was, yeah. And I, I, I would agree. I kind of got it. Kind of became a little like tiring after a bit. But another thing to bring up too is like this was, which is usually like an indicator that like the show is just kind of trying to do filler. But this was also the season where they did like a clip show episode. So they did like the funniest. It was like they had like an auditor coming in to like audit, and. um he was kind of like they were going which was kind of like a creative idea just for him to ask like questions like has this happened here like did this happen um but like i said it's just sort of like scenes from like seasons past which can be funny but at the same time it's not like it's any new content right you definitely know that a show's made it when they start making like clip episodes mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they're 
losing some steam right there, right? <laughs> um, any anything else about season six though? That's kind of everything I'm at. I, I'm trying to remember how like season six ended. Like I said, I know there was that big thing with Andy and the whistleblower. Do you guys think the new characters were like as impactful as the ones that have been on it since the beginning? I, I don't. I, I don't think so. But I mean, that's my opinion. That's how I feel. I don't either. I, I felt like it, it was. I think it was one of those things where like we knew, like we liked those characters from the beginning, and I felt like again we kind of talked about it as the show progressed like the characters kind of became more and more like almost like unbelievable and i feel like yeah once you introduce like zach woods as gabe and um ellie kemper as aaron i felt like they were kind of trying to operate where like kevin was or like where meredith was where like again i felt like kevin was too stupid they made meredith a little too crazy um i felt like all those characters were kind of trying to operate at that same level if that makes any sense you know um, yeah, I think so. and and I thought like Gabe had his moments, and I thought Aaron was was funny at times too. But um, again, I mean, I think we knew how funny Kevin was from the beginning, so we just kind of always carried that. Yeah, I, I I still laugh at every time. I don't know why. It's just the one time Aaron like takes a picture with the Kodak camera and just throws it into a, a dumpster full of them, and she goes to the interview and she's like, "I love these these disposable cameras, but I never get to see the pictures." i always just thought that was just so funny yeah but and i I think that's another one of those things where like i don't think that's a joke that you would have seen in like season two versus like yeah like when you're at season like seven eight like you just right you would see it there you know and and we and we said right at the at the break you and i met that like we could do nine episodes of yeah of the office and just break them down there's just there's so many funny things and Mm -hmm. i think I don't think it's like it's like episodes entirely that got people hooked. I think it's it's small stuff like that, like like Aaron throwing out a disposable camera and saying, "I, I wish I could see the pictures." Mm-hmm. Like it's just the small little things like that that just I think people gravitate towards. Yeah, there were funny moments like that. I, I would agree. But this is a big season, season seven. Season seven, yeah. So why why would you say it's so big? Well, because we get threat level midnight. For one, <laughs> for one, yeah. Threat level midnight's big, yeah. But it's also, gonna... it's also the uh, where where Michael departs the show, mm-hmm. and I think this is a, a focal point in the series because a lot of people and myself included would argue that after Michael left, the show really was kind of a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we could just completely forget about season eight. I think season nine definitely like did a lot of damage control, but yeah, I mean, once kind of Steve Carell left the show, I think that was a pretty big, big void. I think he was like such a big part of what made it so funny. Right. Yeah. Michael was the show. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll we'll get into it. Well, it's actually in the season. We actually can talk about it. Like I thought the, uh, the search committee was kind of funny. All the celebrity cameos that were coming to the show. Yeah. That was the finale. And yeah, I mean, there was a, you had like Ray Romano, you had Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. <laughs> yeah, were some Will Ferrell doing like two or three episodes, which is pretty good. I did not like Will Ferrell in it. No, okay. I did not I, like him as D'Angelo. Was not a fan of it. There's some funny moments I thought with him. I like James Spader. Uh, I I did we'll, like James Spader. Let's we, we'll save that for our, yeah. our discussion, Dave, because we we're gonna have a debate on that one. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, what else? I mean, 
any like episodes that kind of stick out to you guys from season seven leading up to Goodbye Michael? I don't know. I think season seven just seemed uh, like a return to form, I think, almost. Like, I think they really? kind of knew mm-hmm. this was Steve. Not that, you know, for like four or five and six are bad, but it just didn't seem like it's mm-hmm. strong. And I don't know. I think season seven, um, I don't know. I think it definitely did a good job. Mm-hmm. I One aspect of season seven that I liked a lot, and I remember reading beforehand, like what, what they really focused on doing was focusing the episode with like Michael on like, his like relationship with like a certain character. So you had like Ryan's like wolf.com. So it was like Michael interacting with Ryan, that episode, things like that. Um, You had the one episode, there was a specific one with like him and Oscar. I think it was like, they get into like a a heated debate or something like that. So like you could tell, like they tried to focus the earlier episodes in season seven on like, let's focus Michael with like just one character and kind of how they interact before Steve Carell leaves the show. Right. Um, you had the one where like Toby has to do like some type of training with him or something, do like a counseling session, right? Yeah, I, I think mm-hmm. a lot of this season was very story based. There wasn't a lot of like filibuster episodes, but I did like the episode where Andy brings his the whole office to his play of Sweeney Todd. Yeah, and again, another example, kind of like him like focusing that on Andy, but that that was funny. Yeah, I mean. It's no spoiler, but it seems like maybe that was a foreshadowing of like things to come down the line, just with him like taking over. Yeah, like, maybe giving yeah. more like a background, more build up, I guess, mm-hmm. to play into it. Yeah, but it, like I say, right after Michael Lee's, it gets hard and hard to talk about. Like it's what more than just, try, so just trying. I think we'll just focus on like just funny things that caught our eye or our attention because, like I said, I, I thought it was a dumpster fire after Michael left. I so. Season eight was, yeah, like I said, like season eight was very bad. Season nine, I felt like they did some improvements. But the whole like goodbye Michael episode, did we think that worked? Like, did we think sort of him leaving worked well? Um, I, I think that it did. I think they handled it well. I would agree. Yeah. I, I, think, think, I think for them wanting to continue on, I think it was it was smart to I, I think it would be poor on their end to end the show just because Michael ended on his terms, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And and the book even goes into it where it's like, it it's weird because it's like for years you kind of thought like Steve Carell left the show because, you know, I mean, he was in a new movie almost like every month, things like that. But then you kind of learned like through the book, they talk about how like he didn't really want to leave. He just like assumed like they weren't going to like renew his contract or something like that. Right. Um, I think he was kind of like waiting on them to do it. And I guess like they never really did. I I don't know. Yeah. Probably a decision they regret looking Mm -hmm. back. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting to look back at this show and like, again, like around, I guess around the time when this stuff was happening, like just sort of seeing like how big, like some of the other actors were getting, whether it was like Ed Helms, who was in like probably the most popular comedy at that time, like the hangover you know, you had John Krasinski, who was like the runner up for Captain America. So again, like Steve Carell wasn't just like the biggest star on the show. Like a lot of the other actors were really kind of gaining some steam. Yeah, you know, I would just love to get Andy Green on the show and maybe do a, a follow up to this episode and just pick his brain about the things that he wrote in this book. It's just, it's really, it's interesting. It's a great read. I mean, I've, I recommend, I think we all recommend everybody to go out and just listen and listen to it as an audiobook or, or read it, you know? 
It's a good read. I mean, if you're really interested, like, I mean, I would assume if you're listening to this episode, you're very interested in the office, but again, it's something where like, if you're interested in it, I think I finished this book in like a few days. Like I was just, I just kept reading and reading it. So that's, I mean, it's like the way it's formatted is it's like insights. So it's lots of different people's insights. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. for example, we're talking about Michael's like contract and they don't, they don't just get one side of the story. Like a lot of different people give their mm-hmm. perspectives on it. I, I mean, I, I'm sure Steve Carell probably does. Again, it's been a couple months since I've read it, but yeah, yeah, I don't know that it was necessarily something that you know he mm-hmm. kind of wanted to leave. I think yeah, they probably just assumed he was doing these new movies mm-hmm. and the crazy yeah. soup of was that I, date night. Yeah, so. and I never got the sense that he was like snobby with it either. Like they never like mentioned like like every like throughout the book you learn like everyone had like the nicest things to say about like Steve Carell. Like there was never anything like bad said about him. I think like kind of the perspective they had was like the star he was becoming. Like he had every right to kind of be like mm-hmm. you know kind of get what he wanted on set or oh, I yeah. can't be here this day, so I'm not going to be. And they said he wasn't like he wasn't that person at all. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but it is interesting to look back at like like I was saying like what some of the other actors were doing, and I know you, you kind of when we were talking about Andy's play, Dave, um, you know like I don't necessarily think Andy was the best fit to like fill in for like the Michael Scott role, but like I could see why they chose Ed Helms for that just because again like he was in like the Hangover movies, he was probably like the biggest movie star they had once Steve Carell left. Just from. When you Andy first came onto the show, you could always just tell that he had that aspiration to achieve that. So it uh, didn't surprise me that he got it. Yeah, and they both they were they were both on the Daily Show together. I'm pretty sure, right? They both like came from the Daily Show. So I think you know I, I think they both had kind of like that same like comedic sensibility from working with Steve Colbert and kind of coming to the office, right? But. Is this the season where Dwight actually gets us a run at being the manager? Yeah, I, yeah, it's like one of those like one of the last episodes before the finale. So I, I thought that was funny when he finally get, like gets the gets the call and mm-hmm. does the dramatic walk into there, and he introduces the Shroop Bucks and all all yeah. those funny things. Forgot about the Shroop Bucks. Yeah, but it, that's a good point I, I want to bring up too. Is like. Did we think it was a good idea for them not to end the show with Goodbye Michael or this season with Goodbye Michael? Or do you think it was good for them to do like a slow transition to season eight? I think that the news caught on to them so short notice that I don't think they could have planned it to end it that way. Mm-hmm. To end it with like Steve Carell leaving and all yeah, that. Yeah, because when the, the news broke, it wasn't like, oh, the writers knew about it. I, I think everyone was in total shock when it happened. Mm-hmm. And he that he was leaving. Yeah, I mean, I think it was even before, like, before season seven premiered, I mean, it was, like, a surprise, because I even remember reading, like, short lists for, like, what, who people wanted to replace him, you know, um, the summer before season seven premiered, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it worked out well, I think that, would, you know, regardless of my thoughts on season eight, I think them sort of doing a kind of slow transition to season, yeah, to season I think, eight worked well. I think it was their ability to... Uh, to show that the, the show can still go on without Michael, like mm-hmm. yeah. on the be and all of it. It was so, the ult- ultimate test of like the supporting cast can keep mm-hmm. it, like keep the show going. Yeah. And again, we kind of get season eight, right? So what what did we think with season? Eight? I, I mean, I guess me and Dave have kind of spoken about it a little bit. What do you think of season eight, John? Oh, I don't really. I don't like season eight. 
Not a fan of it. Yeah. No, I just I don't. It's not funny. I really can't. I remember the one episode that I think is kind of funny in it is Garden Party, and I don't know why. Maybe that's just the one that kind of stands out in my mind. Yeah. I don't know. That's I just the only one think... I can remember. Like. Yeah, there was that, and then I know there was the whole storyline where they went to the hotel, which like, and they were oh, in, promoting that triangle product, Florida. Yeah. yeah. Which like, that I was guess funny. was somewhat yeah like i guess like when i think of season eight those are the two things i kind of like think of mm-hmm. um i just like forgettable is like the first thing you know that i you know when i think of season eight i should very say forgettable dwight's yeah. assigned with the form and a team to take the tallahassee i thought that was a funny episode mm-hmm. i it's just, it's tough for me to even remember episodes from the season though i, I would agree with that and, and you know i think one of the big things that I just thought was a complete misfire this season was like James Spader, who I just, I, I did not like his character at all. And I don't know if that was the point, but. If he was a, if he was a regular, I think, I think you, uh, we all would have grown to like him, but he, he was definitely signed on for like a part-time gig. Like he wasn't Mm -hmm. in, in like full episodes. Yeah. There, there were some episodes where he just wasn't in it. I think he he filmed all of his scenes for multiple episodes in one day. Mm -hmm. Well, you you know, it's an interesting thing to bring up. Um, The book goes into it where they say, like, it was almost like James Spader was just, like, acting in a completely different, like, show or, like, movie from, like, what they were doing. And it's not like anyone badmouthed them in the book. Because, again, like, the book, you get, like, insight from the writers, some of the actors – um, it's not like anyone was bad mouthing him, but they were just kind of like saying it felt like he was just on like a different show. And I don't know if it's just because he was a more like professionally trained actor, things like that. But they said something was off with him and sort of the way he approached the work. Right. Um, so we, so you say he was acting like someone else. So we essentially got Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> we did get Ultron. Yeah. He was in like full like CGI. Yeah. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, is, was the blacklist like, just taken off when he was on for the office. I wonder if that's why he uh, was very limited in his role there. I, th- I think the black, I think the blacklist premiered 2013. So I think it was a couple years away, um, oh, okay. but he was probably close to doing that. I mean, I, I, did you kind of read anything any more into that, John, sort of like what they thought of him? I, I think it was just, they just wanted a really different like character. Mm-hmm. And again, like I don't think James Spader totally knew what, yeah like it was like and I, I don't think it was that he didn't really care to know i just think yeah. he kind of they were kind of going for something different and i mean like they were also they were even looking at like james gandolfini like yeah him, like, i thought that was like, like interesting yeah I, and i think he probably i, I would have liked to have seen match because i mean he's a really good actor but, yeah um, they're ready I, mean, I think no but i i think they were even going to offer the role to gandolfini and i think like he like turned it down before they could even offer it because he was like i don't think i can do like this comedy thing or like he was i knew he was very self-conscious with like a lot of the work that he did um Mm -hmm. just as an actor but yeah i mean with james spader i think i remember reading like they would it it was it was almost like it was one way or the other i think he either wanted to do like multiple takes or he only wanted to do like one take for like certain things i think you're right like scenes um yeah and that's and like it just I think, didn't mesh. I think the fact that they were looking at two actors like that shows like how different. Like they didn't just want another, you know, Steve Carell like character. But yeah, I don't know. With comedies, I feel like multiple takes is crucial. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe he didn't really feel that way. Yeah, 
I, I really don't have much to say about season. Again, like I think forgettable is like the best way to describe it. You know, you had, yeah, like Andy Bernard took over from Michael Scott in that manager role. I think this is really where like I, Andy's character just got lost on me. Like I really just did not care for him anymore. Right. Um, it's almost so. like, like a, a lot of them too. We, you keep bringing up the, uh, the dumbing down of Kevin. Oh. Meredith getting too out of hand. Mm-hmm. I, I think I really, I, crazy. I really think the only two constants throughout the whole entire series were Stanley and Phyllis. It's a good. That's a good point to bring up. Yeah, Stanley, Phyllis, even Oscar. Maybe I'll throw him in there too. No, I, I, I think they. I mean, ever ever since they outed him as gay, and he got like never even heard from Oscar before that, and then mm-hmm. you know his voice is heard in almost every episode. Mm-hmm. You know the the, Dwayne, like the Dwayne and Angela storyline seems to pick up steam more so in like seven to eight ish, mm-hmm. and definitely in season nine. But yeah, I so I think they're definitely, I think they were trying to appease the crowd that was saying that they were annoyed by the Jim and Pam hype and trying to push the Dwight and Angela kind of thing to replace it mm-hmm. as like the the new fire to be lit. You know? Yeah. I, I always thought that was more of like a comedic thing. I never really looked at that as like the Jim and Pam, you know. I mean, we can talk more about that because season nine really hones in on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I think from what we were kind of talking about earlier, though, you sort of did just continue just to see just some of the characters, like we said, like from what you were saying, Dave, like Kevin, Meredith, just again, just kind of like out of place from where they were in the earlier seasons. Right. Yeah, and I, you know, hate to be a dead horse, but you know, season eight, kind of dull. You know, a lot these older these like seven, eight, nine, like these like I really like sparking memories just as we're talking about this. Mm. You know, so it's it's kind of hard to talk mm. about it. Like one one thing I would bring up is, uh, you know, again, like I would buy the DVDs for like each season after they would like premiere things like that. I was big on that before streaming. So the last season I bought from this show was season seven, but like, even after watching like season eight and nine on TV, I, I never went back to like, I haven't rewatched them since I watched them when they were on TV. Now, let me ask you because uh, there's a big divide between office fans where like, this is where this episode kind of started where it was me watching on Netflix and binging at college and well, not you know, post-college for me, but you know, a lot of people are binging it like in their co- high school, college years now. Mm-hmm. It's all right at their fingertips, and you had to wait each week when you watched it live. So, do you think you would ha- have a better appreciation if you rewatched the entire series and included the binge of like seven, eight, and nine into it? So, re so if I like rewatched it now, yeah, the entire series, but like with the binge, the binge mindset that. Mm-hmm. Like it was, you watched it back to back to back, so everything was fresh in your mind. So you know, I'm, I'm I like the binge mentality. The binge is good. This one, Wanda, this WandaVision bullshit's getting on my nerves because I want to see more and more. You know, <laughs> you're just programmed to want that, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, man, yeah. The Mandalorian and WandaVision have really been testing my patience. See, really I, I like it. I feel like it takes you back to like a simpler time. Whereas like, yeah, like you could just like storm through these real quick. I do whereas, appreciate that aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like now it's just like, all right, like, but I would agree like WandaVision. It's like, yeah, I'm watching it and I'm like, come on, like, 
I want to see Doctor Strange show up. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but no, I would, you know, I, I would agree. I feel like with binging it, it's like, I don't, honestly, I don't think I would have stuck around for season eight if I could just like watch it all at once. I think if I heard season nine gets better, I would just jump to that. Cause like when I look back, like, I don't even know what I was waiting for with season eight to happen, you know? Right. I feel like it'd be very easy to binge the show and skip over season eight and mm-hmm. you might miss a story beat here or there, but I think yeah. your my your mileage on caring about that's gonna be how much you care about like it's probably stuff with Andy or it's probably mm-hmm. stuff with Dwayne and Angela and it's like and, how much how much do you care about those yeah. storylines? And and I think that was a big thing with like when Steve Carell left, like not that like Jim and Pam weren't like likable characters or some of the other side ones, but I felt like as horrible as a person as he was, like like Michael was like a genuinely like likable character. And when he left, it was, you know, you had like Dwight who was funny. You had like Andy who again, like was funny, but they weren't as likable. Like you didn't really care for them as much as you did for like somebody like Michael Scott. Just um, the, yeah, the, the extremes that Michael has done. And we talked about it. This show would not last in 2021, but the fact that people gravitated toward that character mm-hmm. throughout all the, the mayhem that he caused it, it speaks volumes it really does and they kind of like did a, a pretty big big shift with his character like yeah like those first few seasons he's just like unbearable and then like as the show progressed like they gave you know they had him his love interest with like holly things like that so they made him like a better character a more like likable character but yeah i mean i think once he left that kind of element was like lost on the show yeah, definitely the introduction to Howard definitely like humbled him as a character. I, mm-hmm. I at least noticed, you know. Yeah, he wasn't as rambunctious and as bolsters as as he was mm-hmm. while he was trying to get Jam back and trying to do this and that, you know. Yeah, but yeah, Michael leaving kind of just put a sour note on I think the majority of the fan base mm-hmm. going forward. Okay. And I mean, we can. I guess I'll just leave lead, into season nine right yeah let's talk about season nine what so, one thing i will say before we even get into this i think it's kind of interesting and i guess we still got to talk about season nine but i feel like as the seasons have progressed it's like less and less like two and three like we can each name like four or five or six episodes that really stand out to us and these last couple seasons it's a little harder to do that but mm-hmm. i don't know i think nine nine is a very good wrap-up i think to the show in my opinion I think nine was like a good like return to form. I felt like nine was like a mix of like the like strengths and weaknesses of like season like throughout five through seven. Like I didn't feel like nine felt like season eight that much. But again, I mean, I haven't gone back and rewatched it since I watched it on TV. But I remember like watching those episodes and kind of being like, this is definitely better than what I watched last year from the show. Right. And just looking at the episodes of season nine, I stand corrected. There was an episode where they went to Royal's wedding. Okay. Yeah, no, you you never denied it. I just I was unsure if that was like true or not. <laughs> yeah. Again, I never rewatched them, so I you know. Yeah, it, I'm looking at it. The only it's thing that, that come the only thing that comes to mind is the cold opening to Dwight's Christmas, where it was impish or admirable. See, I don't even remember that. <laughs> I remember Dwight. That, Dwight. That. Dwight, bring, or Dwight brings like the the German folklore uh, Christmas story story to the office for Christmas time, 
and it's just oh, okay. and it's just like this elf looking character. He dresses up as him and tells you if you're impish or admirable, which means like good or bad. And it gives you a gift if you're good and I don't know what you get if you're bad, but sounds kind of familiar. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of looking at like some of these episodes. I mean, I think that's a good point to bring up though, with like yeah, like the later seasons you go, like the less and less like memorable episodes there are. And I feel like that's normal for like any TV show. And just for that reason, because you know, anytime anyone talks about the office, your friends or your family, you're just like you remember this remember this, remember that, remember that. Mm-hmm. You don't hear any of this from like season like seven, eight, or nine, really. Yeah. And, yeah, like, and if, I think if you are talking about moments from seven, eight, and honestly, I think eight can almost be out of the discussion. But I think if you're talking about moments from seven and nine, it's goodbye, Michael, where it's mm. you know like the relationships in you know nine, Jim going to Philadelphia, or like just mostly yeah. the finale itself. Even just the finale, yeah, yeah. I thought that was I thought that was a really good choice of them to like acknowledge like the mockumentary style of the show even if it was like really, really late into like the show ending, I felt like it was kind of like, it was like them needing to like address it almost. Um, Even if it felt like sort of out of place, but I felt like it paid off in the finale. Like just them like premiering the documentary and all. Remember the random like storyline in this season where you thought that Pam was having an affair with the one producer from the mockumentary, Mm -hmm. the guy, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. It was just out of nowhere, yeah. <laughs> and it and it never really well, amounted to anything. He like saved her or something, or she was like crying, and like he like consoled he, like, her. Yeah, and like it became like a, oh, because Jim and mm. and Pam were doing the long distance thing. He was in Philadelphia, you know, yeah, you know, repping yeah. the such in the Phillies, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, <laughs> and they're having marriage issues. Like I said, like that. What else could you really do with Pam and Jim's story besides have marriage issues? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the next logical step for them. You see, I, I think I disagree. I really think that uh, the mockumentary style would have worked out better if it was unaddressed. Modern Family mm-hmm. never addressed it, and I thought that was great. Yeah. But yeah I, it's just like... But I applaud The Office for being, like I think, the first to make that a popular style because mm-hmm. there's been so many copycats since. A lot of shows have followed that, yeah. And Modern Family is the one I, that comes mm-hmm. to mind for me. I don't. Are there any others that do the mockumentary style? Parks and Rec, you know. Yeah, yeah, Parks and Rec. Yeah, I, I kind of put them in the same bowl. Yeah. No, it's yeah. Um, I I, I kind of liked it. I, I thought it worked. Um, and 30, I don't know, maybe was Thirty Rock like were... that too? Thirty Rock do that? Thirty Rock did. So. No, no. no. I still yeah, have to right. watch. I still have to watch Thirty Rock. I have not watched that fully through yet. That's summer twenty twenty two. Watch that all the way through, and then that that'll be that episode. Yeah, baby. It's on Hulu. I think it. I think it's on Hulu. Or yeah. is it on um, the Peacock? Might be on Peacock. So. Yeah, I think it's on Peacock. The so when, are, so when, are, when are we doing the uh, retrospective on Marlon? <laughs> you, something is wrong with you! Is that, did that premiere in the summer? That had to have. Probably. Yeah, okay, I would imagine. <laughs> uh, you know who played, to go back to that camera guy though, you know who played him? It was Russ Hanneman, John. Yeah. No, Silicon Valley. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah they, and i remember in the book they talk about that a little bit too and it, it sounded like not like everyone was really on board with like them like giving like jim and pam like marital problems in the last i season. remember that yeah yeah i think just like even the writers of the show like were running out of steam like what wasn't toby like a showrunner at one point like was yeah he, paul, like, paul lieberstein i think like season like seven and eight 
def- definitely season eight. I don't know about season seven, but like he definitely was. You could tell, like, just from the book, it sounded like he was getting really burned out. Yeah. Um, and then Greg Daniels came back for season nine. So again, like, I think season nine, like I said, I think had just as many good elements as like season five, six, and seven. So yeah, they were definitely kind of losing some steam toward the end. I thought though. Yeah. So I mean, ultimately, season nine, it Dwight and Angela are a thing. And I almost like how I met your mother. They kind of just revolved the whole season around their wedding. Mm-hmm. Whether it be like, there's one episode where I think Dwight goes to Shrew Farms to seek it out as a uh, potential venue mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Let me. So that, that's an interesting episode to bring up to Dave. So the premise of it. So they describe show follows Dwight Schrute, a beet farmer running a bed and breakfast inn. Um, he may have went for that. I don't know if he went for that specifically, but I know that specific episode, like that was when, like, there was talk of them just making a show about Dwight called the farm where it's just him running that beat farm. Really? Um, and obviously it didn't get picked up by NBC, but like, it was, it was almost like what they would call like a backdoor pilot. Like they were almost going to do it. Now, do you do you think if he was willing to do you think Peacock might want to make that an original series going forward as an idea just for content? I mean, I think I think they're trying I think something for the office is going to come down the line. I don't necessarily think if it's going to be that, but I do think they're going to do some type of like office reboot or office revival within I, the next like two to three years. I think that's a great segue into just doing some like post office discussion because Let's be honest. We really can't talk about season nine anymore. They get married at the end of it. Yeah, I will I say mean, I, I, I did like the finale a lot. I like the Michael mm-hmm. cameo. I thought yeah. that was very well done. Mm-hmm. And but, I thought that I I really liked how they ended it with Pam like going back to that painting. Like I thought it I, again. I thought it ended really well with like her focusing on that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And just kind of she was just talking about like the simplicity of how the painting was and kind of the simplicity of the office um it was good i, I thought it ended well you know I given think everything tell, we saw in season eight you could tell just how much it meant like for the actors as you know it was supposed to for the characters and that final yeah. episode which, i don't know that's definitely telling i mean you know mm-hmm. for a show that ran as long, long as this yeah year, eight years and and i think even when you look at that finale it's like you have that first half where it's like yeah like dwight and angel's wedding steve Carell comes back for a cameo and then, yeah, it's a good, you know, a good thing to bring up, John, where, yeah, that second half just feels like it's kind of like a showcase for, like, all of the, the other actors on the show to talk about, you know, how important it was to them. And then sort of, like, kind of how the show has lived on, right? I, um, I think that's a bigger part of what is driving this discussion right now, really. Mm-hmm. Just as a series, like, I guess the question to ask is, was this one of the best of the 2000s? Are we going to agree with Andy Green and his assertion of that? I'm again. I'm. I'm trying. I think it's definitely up there. I'm trying to think of like other shows. Like I would definitely put Thirty Rock up there too. But I'm trying to think of like other comedies. I mean, I know people really like Friends, um, Will and Grace, things like that. But what do you guys think? Do you guys think this is up there? You know, if I had to make a Mount Rushmore of comedies, I think I'd have to put The Office in there. Mm-hmm. But I think it'd be half The Office and half Parks and Rec because I, there's so much between the two of them 
that are so identical that I think uh-huh. given each one of them a full head on the Mount Rushmore will be a little too selfish yeah. for me at least. I think I had to give like half of Parks and Rec and half of the office as just one. Parks and Rec's a good a good addition on there, I would say. I think something like uh I'm trying to think of like other cut like Silicon Valley. I think that's been like really funny. I like Tell About Your Mother. I don't know about you guys. I really like Tell About Your Mother. How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. That was that was funny too. I had to put Seinfeld on there too my Matt Rushmore too. Of like favorite comedies. Of, of, of all time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this definitely, I think you could tell people enjoy this show. People think this show is really funny. So. I think, uh, you know, I, and I think we probably all maybe said this with all this. I think Parks and Recreation is a more consistent show just in terms of its seasons. But I feel like you can have a conversation for the about The Office a lot longer. I, in, yeah. in my mind, I don't know. I think the moments in the office stand out to me more, which is why I think maybe the office is maybe stronger. I mean, I, I think it's a bold claim that it's the strongest sitcom of the two thousands, but I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know what else you go for. Yeah. As far as like, I it, mean, personally, I, I, I think I agree with the claim. And I, I think one issue that I've had with the office just in recent years, and this isn't anything against the show, but it's just like yeah, like with what we brought up before. It's like I watched the show like when and I don't want to sound like a hipster here, but like, you know, when I watched the show, it was okay. You are. You are. It's okay. So you do know the difference. It it was when it was on TV, I watched it. So like I thought it was really funny and I would tell people, you guys got to check this out. It's funny. It's funny. And some people would. Some people wouldn't. Some people said they didn't think it was funny. And then suddenly it was just like maybe like five, six years ago. It was just everyone started watching it on Netflix. So it was just like, it's this amazing thing. And it's a guess. I've been saying it's really funny. right, and I, I think I, I, I think the life of it on Netflix has generated an audience that you would not have expected. Yeah. Before you know, and that's not an issue. It's yeah, yeah. That, that's just the discovery of Netflix and and the whole world of streaming. You know, people caught and, up with it. And, and definitely during this pandemic, I think a lot of people jumped mm. on the bandwagon and got really uh, upset when it got moved to Peacock. So, do you guys think that Peacock and the office should give all this credit to Netflix for all this. It, 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 it's, it's resurged. I, I really think in the last yeah. couple of years, it has resurged. I, I don't know if they should give like all their credit to Netflix. I mean, I think Netflix is a big influencer for like that show being as successful it is as, as it is today. But to kind of go back to what I brought up before, I think, I think without a doubt, Peacock is going to need subscribers soon. Um, like, so one thing for me, like I have Peacocks, I have Comcast, like that's the internet service I have, but like not a lot of people have Comcast. Some people have Verizon. I think for them to get people to subscribe to Peacock, like they have to do something big. So I think something like that Stabler show we were talking about earlier, I think that's going to bring some subscribers in. Now, if you do an office revival an office reboot, you're getting a ton of people signing up for that service just to watch that. I read it. I think it would be smart. I read an interesting article where they were saying that the world of streaming services is a modern day Game of Thrones where it's all about which which ones you get a contract with mm-hmm. to stay afloat. Sorry. For a while, for a while, House of Cards was like a huge thing for Netflix mm-hmm. until Kevin Spacey, you know, just uh, kind of went off the rails a little bit and yeah, it's not so cool things. Stuff came so. To it. 
so I mean, I think that was a big blow to them. But they, Netflix is always and Amazon are all about their original content. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm not ready to say that uh, Peacock is up there yet. I mean, I know they have like the newsroom that's supposed to be really popular, and and they they're doing the Save by the Bell. Yeah, it's a, it's a Game of Thrones, it, you know. And the other thing too is like coming up with like who who owns the rights. So like NBC Universal produced The Office, so like it makes sense for right. like the the rights to revert back to like hey we're starting our own streaming service. You know we own this show. The rights for Netflix are up in 2021. Like the show's coming back to us. It's um, and it's interesting to even like bring up the streaming services just as a, as a small piece. Yeah, I think this is the future of like talk shows you know Conan o'brien's getting a show on hbo max mm-hmm. john stewart's getting a show on is it hbo max too or is he getting one on peacock john he's getting one somewhere probably Netflix i think I, I think john stewart's getting one on peacock i really do mm-hmm. yeah maybe yeah one of them but mm-hmm. it, it, so you say it's, it's just the competition well i was gonna yeah. say have you guys seen peacock's like marketing like material like it's promotional material it bases its tears on like the office like it has ads <laughs> <laughs> where like what it ex- what it explains what because you can get peacock mm-hmm. for free you can get it with ads you can get it with no ads and it like it breaks it down it breaks down the tiers in terms of the office so like if you have peacock for free which mm-hmm. like anyone can get it for free then you only get the first two seasons but then if yeah. you pay in some way you get everything else mm-hmm. so i, I, mean, I that's I saw something like that. Yeah, Peacock has a weird rollout with like, you're right, John. I I did see an ad where it showed like, if you like The Office this much, get this like Peacock package. If you like The Office this much, you should get like this package. Um, Like I said, I mean, I just get it with the Comcast internet service that I have. You just get it for free with that, which is cool. But yeah, I mean, I don't think too many people are flocking to Peacock, so. Yeah, I mean, I I ran off a couple of them, like Saved by the Bell and... The newsroom. Have any of you guys watched AP Bio? Mm-hmm. Yeah, AP Bio is very Probably. funny. Yeah, you, you that like, might be you like, like the, one of my favorite. That and like what we do in the shadows, I think, are like two of my favorite comedies on now. Besides that, like, what else does they really have to offer besides The Office? I guess what I'm getting at is it worth the purchase? It's pretty cheap. I don't think it's that expensive. Yeah, I'm thinking like I will say though, like I feel like if I didn't get it through Comcast, I don't know if I would necessarily be rushing to have it. You know? Right. The thing is though, like I think in like five years, like all the streaming services are going to have that like one, two, or three things where it's like you yeah. like you have to watch this show. Like it's not going to be the, right away. And and that's the thing where like you're right. I think Netflix is its own sort of like thing now but like amazon like their big property coming out within the next two years they're making a lord of the rings tv series you know right um the game of thrones hbo they're yeah they got two game of thrones prequels coming out soon um things like that peacock you're right john i think at at some point they're gonna have that big big kind of like breakthrough where like people want to get it it's interesting though with cbs all access because i feel like not too many people have gone to that even though they've been making like a few different like new like Star Trek series, right? So, and good point because for me, I was getting ready to cancel my video subscription to a- Amazon, but then the boys came on. Mm-hmm. And the boys is just a great show. I, I like that a lot. It's and worth I- watching. Yeah. I might get into Peaky Blinders soon too, but you mm-hmm. should definitely. The boys is great. Check out John broke down every episode of season two mm-hmm. on postgraduatebrews.blogspot.com. 
Mm. Check him out. Some really good reads there. It really is. But yeah, uh, the office. I mean, I really have nothing else to say about the office. I think again, like a very entertaining show, regardless of like the quality of each season. I thought, you know, overall it's entertaining. You're right. And I think a way just to end this, because we really did get a chance to talk about everything that we wanted to, I think we should just do a quick round table and just spit off funny moments that are our favorite moments and just do a quick round table just to get the juices flowing. And I'll start it off because I think my favorite moment in the office was the opening, the cold opening when Dwight does the fire drill, which leads to Stanley's heart attack. Stress relief, the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. That that is a good one. That, that is just that like is, total that chaos. is my, my favorite my favorite moment. Mm-hmm. I love any everything about that. Yeah. That's a good moment. Okay. I I will say again, like from my favorite episode, season three, Ben Franklin. Um again, just when I like think back at that when you know you have Michael interacting with ben franklin in the elevator and then you know again like him just bringing him into like that room during like phyllis's bachelorette party they all know it's a ben franklin impersonator michael thinks it's a stripper and just like the way that like that whole scene is written just again like just thinking about it i just laugh (laughs) that's just very funny yeah so that's mine i I guess i think the foreman grill is a great one Mm-hmm. The, you know, the Foreman it. Grill, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The uh, dinner party is great, obviously, as we mentioned. Yeah, really, really strong one. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin's some good cold opens. Yeah, Kevin's chili. I like the cold open. Well, I don't know what that's. I don't. I don't know what that song is called. Where they remake that music video. Oh yeah, I, I can't think of the name of the song. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty funny. That was a mm-hmm. season seven. Yeah, season Michael's seven. doing the magic in that. That's where really, he's doing the magic tricks. That's pretty mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. Oh, the the lip dub opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's make it's like an it's like a viral video. It's yeah, uh, impersonating. Yeah. Diversity Day is really good. They're all the different. That's mm-hmm. funny. Uh, I like the one with the health insurance where Michael's uh, like they're trying to figure out what they want their policies to cover, and they all write like different things. And he lets like Dwight be in charge of like he's just like just pick the cheapest option. <laughs> he's like, oh, that can't be real. It's yeah. a real thing. <laughs> parkour season one yeah parkour yeah i think that was a season seven yeah oh good moments though any like final thoughts on the show though you know it, it's entertaining i i i can't say anything more than that i it, i enjoyed the show a lot I, mm. me as a binger i i really did like it and honestly i think the fact that it's still being talked about, a show from 2005 still being talked about to this day, speaks for itself. It's syndicated on a bunch of different stations on mm-hmm. cable. Always on TV. It's always brought up at, at a friend gatherings in some capacity. Mm-hmm. That the one-liners and the, the the little bits that we, for example, we just talked about. It, it's timeless. I, I, I think you got to put that into the category of it being like a timeless series. Yeah, it's definitely a show that's going to live on. And I mean, I think it should. I mean, I think, you know, there's a reason. I mean, it appeals to so many people and it definitely, I mean, it has that universal appeal. Mm. Everyone can relate to it, you know, I think in some way or form. Again, I think within the next two to three years, we're hearing about a reboot for the show. 
I hope it's not a Pam and Jim kind of like spinoff version of family. I think if anything, it's going to be sidecar like Oscar's still at the office. Yeah, or, like, Oscar and Mer- like. I don't think you're getting John Krasinski back for a whole show of this. Like, no, not that no. I don't think he'd want to do it. Just like he could do other things. Mm-hmm. Not if you Ham is. I think of the core. Yeah, yeah. I think of the core. Pam is like the one where it's kind of like, I could see her being back. But how do you bring her back without Jim? Like, I, you know, I could see Rain Wilson coming back. Yeah, him too. That, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. I, 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 I think see. the most logical might might be the the shoot on the farm one. Emma's has kind of like the young Sheldon kind of feel for the Big Bang Theory. Young White. <laughs> Honestly, that, not, not like Young Boy, but it's like they, they made a spinoff on like one character. Like yeah, I will the, say, the most popular I think, one. I will say, I think if NBC had Peacock back then, or if this was on a little bit ago, they probably would have put the show straight to that. And I bet you the show probably would have been pretty cheap. So that's, they probably would I think that's what kind of happened with AP Bio. NBC canceled it, and it probably wasn't that expensive of a show. And it's, you know, hey, some people really like this, and you know, we're making a streaming yeah. service. That. That's interesting. That only, it's only eight episodes too, so that I mean, that yeah. can't be expensive to make. These streamers are interesting, though, just because it's it's very yeah. It seems like shows that like would cost too much for like regular network, like you put it on the streamer, and it's like cheaper for them to to distribute. So yeah, not much more to say about the Office. I mean, you're welcome, everybody. We we finally did the office review. Mm-hmm. Apologies to everybody if we couldn't get to everything you wanted. There's a lot to talk about with this mm-hmm. show, and and like, like I said, we we could have done nine episodes if we really wanted to and really broke them down. Yeah, I mean, we, we were fortunate to get the whole Game of Thrones in one episode. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure this this will probably gain more traction than our Game of Thrones one, just because of how popular the show was. You know, Game of Thrones is right now our most popular episode, according to the numbers. Go back and check it out. It's from, uh, we recorded it in, I think, November 2019, so. But no, this is good. It's a good episode. As always, check out our social media. We're always active on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and just trying to provide more funny content for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely check out John's blog on uh, postcutterbrews.blogspot.com. It, some good reads there, and we're going to be providing more content that way. Yeah. I, th- I think one of the cool things with the blog, too, is like with with just so much new content coming out, whether it's on HBO or Netflix or Amazon, like I think we're going to have a lot of movie reviews coming out pretty soon for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And between that- uh, HBO Max and just saw like the Oscar movies that like the movies Amazon Prime has had Netflix. Mm-hmm. There, there's still a lot I know I have to catch up on. So. Yeah, right. And with that being said, uh, this has been Postgrad Brews. I'm Dave. I'm Matt. And I'm John. And thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.